Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Fitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Jury from Jury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Lutz from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It is time once again for a serendipitous episode of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. I don't even know what that word means. I hope I used it right. We are at 1600 Buckslayer Place, right in the Bucketorium, beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. Is that even a word? Guess who has the word of the day calendar? Serendipitous. Serendipitous. Uh, uh, can we get a uh, can Good we get grief. a Merriam-Webster it uh, so I can find out what that is? Uh, like I said, we're in the Bucketorium. My name is Steve. In the studio today is Kurt. Hey, everyone. Eric. Howdy. Our goodbye, Gene Miller. Great evening, everybody. And the very special guest today. Uh, this is the first time we've had a guest in the studio in a while. Sergeant Patrick Perkins from Here Hunting. This is my third time. Third you time. You know, every time I've recorded with you, we've been in person, though, but this is the first time you've been here. I like it. I like it. That way, you don't, have to, you don't have to do the call and wonder, like, is everybody sitting there, like, making faces about what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. I can't see it. Yeah, you yeah. can. I'm Look all for it. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad. I, I, I was very curious to see what this uh, your whole production looked like. It's small, right? It's Im- it's imposing. Actually, <laughs> you got to walk through like the hall of deer, and I'm like, oh, 
That's bigger than everything I've shot. That's cool. <laughs> oh, and that's your little one. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's oh, way to go, Kurt. That's a compliment. Thank yeah, you. Good job, Kurt. Yeah. Thank you. Well, welcome, man. Welcome to the Bucketorium. Thank you very much. It's great to finally have you here because we've been talking about having you in the studio since basically the first year we podcasted Iowa Classic two years ago now. Yeah. And uh, we're coming up on Iowa Classic again in a month or so. I think it's less than a month, ain't it? I didn't realize that. No, it's March. Well, close to close to yeah. a month. Okay. Yeah, about a month. First week of March. I didn't even know that, that you guys, when I met you guys, were, were just kind of your upstarts. You guys have excelled rapidly. Well, Jesus, look at us. I That's mean, phenomenal. we're superstars, man. I know. I, I well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm ribbing. I can't explain how we've gotten to this point, but it, it's gotten to a point where, dude, we've like, we've far surpassed where we thought we were going to be, and we've met some of the greatest human beings on the planet. You got that upside down, Eric. Is that how it is? Yeah. You see that, Gene? Yeah, you're going to spill your the beer studio. if you don't do that right. But uh, you know, we, uh, we do do this know. podcast, uh, and we have been doing it for a while. We couldn't do it without, uh, without our partners. We got to give them a shout out. Uh, HHA Sports. Guys, check out uh, HHA Sports dot com. Best single pin sites out there. Uh, they've got the Virtus Rest, Rest, which um, this is going to be a very veteran heavy uh, episode. We're going to talk about some issues. Uh, so check out the Virtus Rest. Two point two percent of the proceeds are going to go to veteran charities. Everything's made in America, right up there in Wisconsin. So if you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Or you just like Wisconsin cheese curds and you want to support that state by HHA. Good one. I like that. You like that? Um, the podcast is also brought to you by Elite Archery. Um, super proud to be with the Elite team. We just dropped. Uh, if you guys want to go back and listen to the Darren Christianberry and the Real Wild episode we did um, with those guys that are both professional Elite shooters, they'll they'll tell you about how good Elite is and their preference and why they chose Elite and why we like to shoot Elite is obvious if you guys listen to the show. Um, but you know, Real Wild is one of the best archers in the world. Um, super humbled to be able to podcast with him and Darren. That means a lot. But check out EliteArchery.com. The new ritual is amazing. The oh. Enlist is mm-hmm. out, too, for you guys on the other end of the spectrum that just maybe want to try and get into bow hunting or try an Elite. You know, you can get into a, an Enlist package for very cheap. So check that out. Mm-hmm. And um, also check uh, check the back of your rental cars, too, just in case. Real, <laughs> if you just, see Rio win in a big city, go just ahead saying. and check those rental cars. <laughs> Podcast also brought to you by Sin Crusher. We talk about it all the time. Um, ozone just killing Steve's farts faster than. <laughs> I'm not the one who farted on Instagram Live. Patrick's got something. Oh, to that say. was good. Can, can I actually one thing? You know, I listen to the podcast a lot. There's one thing I want to say about the scent crusher thing. I am not a uh, scent disguiser person. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. of a hunting. You know, I'm looking at you in like in horror of like, hey, this is like one of our sponsors. No, 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 because no, 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 no. no. it's it sounds about at first, but this year actually through Gene and you guys, like actually I took the uh, got the tote, the scent crusher tote, which was in my truck the whole year, and you know you do a hunt every hunt I would come and just like shed my hunting clothes, throw it in there, and I'm a, I'm a play the wind guy, not as not a scent eliminator guy. Mm-hmm. This year I have not been busted. By the most deer downwind for me ever that, that I've, that's a I've big done. Statement. It, it, it was pretty amazing, it, and it was it, that's what I did this year was like a test, you know. And like you know, you people will say like, "Oh, they're your sponsors," you know, you're paid to say that. I'm not right. paid by them at all, like at all. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's just another product, and so it, I just wanted to say that was what I wanted to jump in with was like to me, it was I watched deer downwind for me specifically, just like all right. 
well, this is where we test the product. Right. right. And I, I, nothing. I, I was nothing. So that's an I, honest feedback review from someone that hunts on film exclusively. Not in, yeah, hunts on film. Go, I, I go on more hunts probably than the, the average person with with the number of hunts we go on a year. So sure. that's why, like when I test, I'm very anal- analytical uh, and and go out and specifically like try. Like I want to put this to the most test possible and just see what's going to happen because you're to me you're never going to beat the nose of an alert doe. And I did multiple times, and that. That to me is 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 the Pro- world. Proof in the while, while you're on the topic, I always I've said this a lot on the podcast, and my dad is sold on scent crusher. And if you can sell my dad on a product that has to do with either scent eliminating or covering scent, my dad no, doesn't buy shit when it comes to that. Kind of probably like what you're saying. He's a mm-hmm. win guy, and uh, it, we all are win guys. You have to be, um, but. We were more about a scent elimination, not covering scent. And my dad tried Scent Crusher the first year we started working with them. I got him a bag, and he killed a really good buck um, this year and the year before um, down downwind. And he's like, "That shit is the best." And yep. if my dad believes in it, it's you, know, you got to uh, know my dad. It's he's old school. Like and he's, that, he, and he gets it's so, and so super convenient. That was that was the part was like I'm sure the bag is the same. I have the plastic tote. Yeah. Well, the and, bag's even more convenient, right? And I, oh, the roller bag is what you want, actually. Well, I had I, I went with the straight tote because we're gone for you know a week at a time when we go. So, oh, sure, sure. So I have all of my gear. I have anything else that you can throw, and you could throw it in there. And then, and also on your podcast, you guys are talking about like taking the hose out and put like in one of your boots one day, and then the next sure. another. Boot. Yep, yeah. Did that whole thing, and that was my, my wife loved that because I still have <laughs> yeah. military boots, but. Hey, they have the odor crusher outline now. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yep, yep. I've seen that one there. And, and that uh, stuff is bad ass. How would you yes. have liked a bad tote, ass. like, when you had your army fatigues, like, back in the day? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, when you guys were deployed? Dude, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make that hookup. I'm going to hook odor crusher up with Heroes Hunting. Just to get you guys to get odor in that crusher connection. Scent crusher or scent crusher? Well, the it's, scent it's, crusher has a sister company by the owned by a scent oh, crusher okay. called but odor dude, crusher. But, bags, so, like, it's like it's a scent military crusher bag, grade, but for, it's tactical. Yeah, and it's like they make it... It's all military. Even more kick ass. Well, it was gorgeous because, like, my truck becomes my office through the hunting season. And so it's a Silverado uh, crew cab. So, like, I just fold up the seats. It went in there, plugs in. I mean, literally, you come out of the woods, I would just shed my camo, throw it in there. By the time you drive from wherever you're hunting to the hotel or where you're staying, (laughs) I would run it. It was all set. I mean, it was just constantly set. It went in my truck late September and didn't come in. Do you have an ozone go yet? Uh, no, but I've had it before. I did have to go. That actually, when I was a smoker, I used that, and that was what I was doing: was killing the smoke that was in my truck. But your wife loved that because she didn't know. No, well, she smoked too. So <laughs> oh, no, well, there you go. And, and actually, now she still runs one in her car. From uh, she just recently quit smoking too, but that's what she was doing because I was like a non-smoker. But I'm like, whatever, honey, I love you. But well, that's what I do too. Like even with the toad or the bag or whatever. If you if you don't have a go, we got the tote. You can just open the bag or the tote and run yep. a cycle and get to clean your truck for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Even if you're not even like in the industry, like if you're a professional, you know, like oh, absolutely, like where you're like, well, you know, because smoking is pretty much frowned on now. And if you can beat smoke from a cigarette, I mean, that's a very pungent Gene, smell. You, Gene's got something. I was going to say, I actually just combined my closet and my uh, tote, which I love my tote. I beat the crap out of it uh, <laughs> together in my basement because we just have a rescue dog, and she just had accidents down in the basement. And I uh, put those both down in the basement, turned both the units on, 
and completely just eliminated every scent in that basement. Well, that's true too. Yeah. I mean, G- like, I didn't have a ro- ozone room. Man, Syncrusher got yet. their money on this episode. But, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's got multiple uses, and you know, yeah. like, G-, pretty- G knows for a fact from being a welder. Like, if you're a welder, you're sweating, you're smelling like shit all day, and getting your truck, your truck ends up smelling like that all the time. Yeah, and that, and and that totally the, eliminates it. That's the thing too. Like you know, the other I've day, gone from factory to field, and I felt like I've never been able to do that before. You felt clean. Yeah. I yeah. felt like clean. I was taking stuff out of the packaging, clean. straight you know, right, from right. factory right. to and field, and like I just went through this sterile time warp. Dude, taking yeah. stuff out of the packaging is a very good way to explain that. It, every like yeah. you could throw like. Well, that's a little far. I was going to say Steve could shit his pants and you could throw him in there, but that's not no, true. No, you could. <laughs> oh, dude, no, that's a, there's nothing that can help because, that. And, and that's that was the part of the about being gone for weeks at a time. Like, you got to remember, like, I have a – you go on a, a weekend hunt, that's pretty simple. You go on a week like we did in Colorado, like, that was – that's my clothes. That's my hunting clothes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to wash them every night. I, don't, I, right, I, I, I right. didn't I – I'm not even – actually, this year – I honestly never washed my hunting clothes the entire season. I just threw them in and out of that. I had, I mean, I had underclothes where I had like a sweatshirt or pants underneath, sure. of course, but none of my camo ever hit the wash until the end of the season. It saves it a fade on your pattern and everything too. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know the, what's, I, the, that's the one the thing, thing I've if, done. I mean, I could go on, the, on about them for hours. If Scent Crusher could do. This this one thing it, it would be the best selling product on the planet. You put your clothes in there after you walk through some high shit, and it gets all those little burrs. What, what are those? Uh, <laughs> the oh, stick tights. That's yeah. a bird crusher. Tag along. The bird bird dude, if they get yeah. the bird, bird dude, if they get any product that just like get, eats those, dude. Look, I'm I still got some so, of my sweatshirts I, I got to point out quick. If <laughs> that doesn't prove time. that like we actually use and believe in <laughs> some of our partners, I don't know what will because we just went on the riff like. We, but it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, talk. we do. Just in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason why I want to say anything is because, like, and, and that, as a person outside of the industry, you'll see that. You'll be like, oh, well, yeah, they're going to say that. You know, if you take, like, Waddell and G5 Broadhead, you're like, well, yeah, because he well, Waddell's working with Scent Crusher, so. Yeah, but you you would go, like, as as me and an analytical person, be like, well, yeah, they're going to say that because they get paid for it. Like, I don't get paid for it. And people right. are like, oh, wow, that must be nice because you get And you off. have a show and a platform. Yeah. And for I mean, you to would, say that, it's a risk. I'm, and, and I would be, I'm, I don't even, if they paid us, awesome. If they just gave us stuff, even better. But they're not because I already got one. So I mean, they, that's the point. It's like, I already paid for it. It works. That's my thing. So who right. who have we not got to yet? I can't remember. So uh, we've got, and, and this, this is, yeah, this is the thing that, you know, we do because we, we do believe in this. I mean, that, like Kurt said, that proves it. Uh, Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing yep. in beautiful Viola, Illinois. We love Scott. Had their brats today. No oh, man. I got one Oof. meatloaf left, and I'm saving it for the party. Rattler Grips is new on custom grips for your rig. Um, Mana Coolers, which we got the Mana Coolers rocking in the studio tonight for all the cold, cold beverages. Oh, yeah. All the Michelob. How many Michelob Ultras do you think you can fit in that sort of bitch? And then uh, new to the show is Ethics Archery, which um, that's they make inserts, spinning inserts, make static inserts for target hunting. Um, basically, you know, any arrow setup you can think of, they got. Yeah, it. inserts is an overlooked thing in arrow setups for the average hunter. And Ethics Archery is going to change the game. Uh, go back to episode one seventy one. You can full blown get all the information you need there. There'll be more to come on that. Um, so thanks to everyone who supports our show. Absolutely. Oh, and a, a brand new sponsor of the show. If you miss Facebook Live, we announced this uh, live too. 
uh, me and Patrick's new show. He's got heroes hunting. We're starting the show, Euros hunting. We're gonna try and travel the country and find the best euros, and uh, hopefully have a couple. We're gonna drinks start at the Iowa State Fair and move on from there. Yeah, so I'm gonna eat a euro in front of the butter cow. <laughs> yes. Okay, moving it's on. Gonna be great. <laughs> Veteran shout out, Patrick. I know you got one, buddy. Um, I gotta. I can probably think of a couple right off the the top of my head. Uh, Do it. We had one recently that's going to be on a uh, turkey hunt this season. Um, his last name's Rena. Uh, actually, you know what? Brent Dean actually was the first one we did. We just did Brent Dean. He was winner of our. We do a Wednesday winning type of thing now. He won our excess camera. He uh, was m- multiple deployments. Did everything great. Uh, and then we have. Uh, God, I wish I could remember this guy's name. He kind of threw me under the bus. There Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I figured he had a stockpile. What's Rena is this? He's a former Marine, multiple deployments. He had six combat deployments. Whoa! He's actually going to be going on a turkey hunt here in your home state of Illinois, down in uh, not Gre- my home mine. state. I don't know why, I mean, I mean, I don't know why you looked at me. You looked at the only Iowa guy. Yeah, here. the only <laughs> Iowa guy. He looked at you two Iowa guys. The Grafton area down. It's just right across the river from St. Uh, Louis. Yes. Yeah. We uh, go uh, every year. It's down the Pier Marquette National Park. Oh, okay. nice. Right next door to that place. Why did my awesome. voice crack? Yes. Cool, and cool. Uh, <laughs> going there. Uh, I we just met him. Just signed up. So and, that, and that's why you want to pay attention to our Facebook page because constantly we have like we have like our scheduled hunts, but then we also have people that drop out. So you constantly want to watch it because we'll just be like, "Hey, we need a, a veteran for this weekend." Yeah, and cool, cool. I want to throw another uh, vet shout out this way. I, I did tease it on our on our Facebook live earlier. Um, vet shout out uh, for me is Alex Dietrich. You know who mine is? Yeah. Oh, Alex Dietrich. Alex Dietrich. I was yeah. employed with that guy. So hold on, I might know this person. Do you know? Yeah, I think I know Alex Dietrich. Used to be a BMX biker. Yes. Yep. Big hoop earrings. Yes. Yep. Deploy with him twice. <laughs> Holy Small shit! World. No, yeah, yeah, I used to ride BMX with them all the time. Kurt, yeah. we've been talking about this the whole time we've been here. Yeah, here, I, did, I missed it somehow. I, I must have went out. <laughs> no, yeah. Here's, here's, the, here's the funny thing about that though. The first time I deployed with him, we were at a Wisconsin unit, and we didn't get along at all. Deployed the second time, he was my driver. In uh, in our unit, and uh, in our episode, you'll see where we got hit by like an IED, and we also got hit by a recoilless rifle. He was my driver, it's like no shit, best dude in the world. Yeah, I used to ride. Um, he was a little older than me, so I, like I wasn't like real good friends with him. But he was bald. one of the guys. Used, he bald? Yeah, bald with glasses. Uh, his his dad was Bob Dietrich. Yep. yep, his dad was Bob Dietrich, and his dad passed away, and then they did the Bob Dietrich race Just recently every year. Had a child. I don't know, man. I haven't uh, seen him for years. Okay, so now that's... Small world. Small and that's... World. See? Exactly. It's a small world. I didn't know that you know... Uh, when I was talking Dude, to him at work... I haven't he, seen this kid, though, or this guy since I was young. Yeah, well, here's... Like 14? Here, here's how wild this, this shit gets. And you guys just heard this live. This is news to me. Um, when I was talking to him at work, he builds uh, brew tanks, works at uh, uh, Crawford Brew Tanks. Uh, man, that's... Brewing so equipment. So he's doing, you know, not only was he, did he serve, but he uh, he did God's work, and now he's doing God's work. So he fought for this country. Now he gets his country drunk. I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what else you could Respect. ask for in a in a person, Respect. but this dude's got it. Super great guy. I remember I was just shooting the breeze with him, and uh, he was like talking about hunting a little bit, and I, you know we talked about the podcast. Like he knew I did it. You know I, I wore my uh, hat and I got stickers all over that company. But um, 
he he started saying something. He goes, you know, do you ever travel? You ever go to any like the shows? And I go, yeah, well, we go to Iowa Classic. And he goes, uh, yeah, I got some buddies that are there. Thinking, well, shit, it could be anybody. There's and he a goes, million people there. Yeah, he goes, uh, do you know Heroes Hunting? I go, yes. Uh, Patrick Perkins. He goes, I was deployed with him. He's a shitbag. He's my, a turd. <laughs> my, my jaw about hit the floor, and it almost did it too. Now that you know him. So well, I don't know him. I so. haven't seen him well, in years, know. though. That's the thing. Like, I just know him. I, I've talked to him. Solid dude. Solid. Oh yeah, yeah he's a great guy. Oh, I have nothing negative to say. I just, I, it's, it's just crazy. Like he was one of the bigger kids. Uh, he might not be that much older than me. I don't know, but how old is he? Uh late twenties, early thirties. No, he's, yeah, he's not probably much. About Thirty-two. Probably all right. He's a little he's a, older. Yeah, I mean, compared to me and Gene, he's a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, but, that, so then, that is awesome. Yeah. So, and big then, shout out to to him and just recently yeah, had a child too, a, a second child, I believe. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Well, that'd be cool to connect with him. I didn't. I didn't know. I missed out on this whole thing. I didn't know. I, Steve says I know somebody that you know. I automatically I'm like, yes, I don't know that person because yeah. Steve knows everyone. And so. I haven't seen him in like a couple weeks. Uh, it's I'm, weird I'm that it actually works because like we'll be at Walmart and my daughter will be like, oh, hey, do you know that guy? I'm like, what? And she's like, he's in an army uniform. I'm like, yeah, there's a couple of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he must have been the next building over or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, it, to find out how small of a world that is because you're from – Des Moines, and he was uh, Iowa, and he's from here, so a couple hours away. But it's just man, that's wild. Yeah, so solid, super solid dude. He's our driver when we got hit with a cordless. I mean, just great dude. Had a lot of fun with him. Like he lost all his Charleston shoes. It was funny. Like I actually got to watch him grow up and like what I would consider be a man, and it it it's awesome. Watch him now with his kids and his family and and whatnot. And shoot, that's cool. Get all gushy. What do you well, consider uh, to be a man, by well, the way? Well, let's scared. think the veterans quick, man, because that, that was like the longest and most solid veteran shout-out we probably ever had. And this this, this podcast is going to be a little more about whatever we whatever we want, whatever we want to we want to talk. You know, we're 20 minutes in. If you haven't got that um, that aspect of what this episode is going to be like, then that's your own fault. Uh, but thank you for tuning in otherwise. Um, but, yeah, that's a veteran shout-out. I'll draw that hard line there, and then we'll move on. For sure. Um, but there is a stellar hunting Story. There's gonna be. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so if it, one of the best hunting stories I've ever been a part of. So if you're still in here after that uh, intro, you know, if you're the guy that's like, I want to hear about hunting tactics and hunting <laughs> tactics only, that's fine. But this is not what you're going to yeah. get this episode. And if you're one of those guys that's like, I don't want to hear about veterans. Well, in the words of Steve Purvis. Fuck Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Lynn. Okay. If that's your stance, just go ahead and watch your NFL games. Yeah, there you go. Your stance should be kneeling. Let let me do this to start the episode officially. Let's hear it. Patrick, thank you for coming. What has been new since we talked last time? Man, so we talked last at the Taser. I would (laughs) Well, last time we recorded a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We talked a lot since. There's been a whole season of hunts, uh, one of which we we went out with Gene. Where can people find you? Where at? Uh, you can find us at heroeshunting.com or Facebook backslash heroeshunting100. If you find a, a big... Where can uh, people watch you? Google it. Google it. You'll Carbon find it. Carbon TV. We're, we're big right there. We we cut off the, the national television because it wasn't worth paying for when everything's going to streaming. Right. Carbon exactly. TV is like our best ass avenue right now. And actually, you can see the, the prong hunt we'll probably talk about here. It's uh, episode one of season two. It is just epic. Like the 
one of the coolest hunts I've ever been on because it made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of different stuff that and, happened. Yeah, <laughs> and it was that, was that was the fourth year we've been out to Colorado to do pronghorn. To, if we're going to jump into it, and it was yeah, we can jump into that first. Gene Miller's in the studio. We we said in the, in the beginning, but he's he's been quiet. So Gene Miller's a a man, a few words. But man, Gene, I got to thank you, man. On 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 record, you have been. The biggest, and we'll cut into this. I'm not trying to go off, but Gene, you literally have been the biggest supporter the of our show, biggest. man. And like, we got to thank you seriously from the bottom of our hearts. We met you through the podcast, and it means so much, man, that you, everything we do, you sh- you've listened to every episode, haven't you? I've listened to every one. I'm even caught up currently. Shake my hand, Gene. <laughs> Gene's already I listening to Gene. this episode, and it's not even over yet. Yeah, know? he is, dude. <laughs> but, Illuminati. No, man, I, I appreciate, <laughs> literally, we do appreciate everything you've fucking done for us, man. Absolutely. It means so much, and you were just, like, the kindest person on the planet, and I'm so thankful that somehow through us that you have got connected with Patrick and the Heroes Hunting crew, and that was kind of by chance. Like, we didn't, it wasn't like you guys, we were all in the same room, and I'm like, hey, Gene, this is Patrick. Do stuff together, like take him on. A, you know, I didn't say that. It, no. didn't, it didn't happen like that. Do stuff. You, you, know, and, and, you know what I'm saying? Though? Yeah, and you're being that's, an, that's an Afghanarchy episode. That's not how it went down. It's just right. the. It was the dynamics of like what I was trying to share earlier when we were just talking. You know, of, of, of just the sharing in the community and as you network and build yourself with good people and surround yourself. You know. That it was organic. Th- yeah, things just start mm-hmm. happening, and they start filtering, and they start growing together, you know? And it's just like any seed you you, you plant, and you nurture right. it, and you water it and stuff. You, you receive from that. You're going to harvest from mm-hmm. that and not, in good ways and hopefully not intentional bad ways, you know? And and, and thank you for, for that gracious shout-out. I, I you know, I, I you know how I feel about that, anyways. I'm, I'm well, humbled about it. And, dude, you've done but, so uh, much for us, man. You listen, and you support, you... You literally you support every sponsor that sponsors us because we believe in it and oh, yeah. you have you've gone and let them know that you basically are into their stuff because of us and you even hosted our uh, working class bow hunter shoot last year yep. which means a lot and it's huge. Um, it was hey, a big deal. Well, Patrick was supposed to be there, but you were in Florida, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, that was when we went to our Florida fishing trip. Oh, it was oh. epic in itself and <laughs> is the next episode to come out, but. Uh, well, you you'll be there. Ne- you'll be there this year. I hope you missed one hell of an epic. As shoot. long as you guys aren't doing it on our hunting, fishing, camping weekend, we'll plan it. We'll plan a better weekend. We, okay. we got We'll we'll plan it around you, Patrick. It's not in June, right? <laughs> It'll be. We'll plan it. We don't okay. know yet. So I had to do that quick. But Gene Miller's in the studio. Everyone silently clap for him. Oh, oh, golf did, clap? Golf how do you clap? silently clap? <laughs> golf clap in your head. If you're listening at work, you're not yeah. going to just clap out loud. Am I the only one that noticed that? The dude put a handle on a beer can. Yeah, like, yeah I guess where that's like, from. That's from Gene. Rainbow Gene parades. It. I don't know. Like no, that's, no, that's a beer stein handle. Beer stein. Gene gave that to me, and he goes, "Hey, you'll get more use out of this because Gene, uh, three years sober. I'm February 26. I'm coming up on six you years. Want, sober. Oh wait, six you want to try it? Wait, your can won't hold this. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah, it's not made for <laughs> ultra. ultra <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's that little beer stein. So like, I brought it here. I was like, it, it doesn't fit bitch cans. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that yeah, was valid. Hey, his, his can's slim. There. That means he's going to be slimmer. So what it is, that's a beer stein thing real quick. I'll tell you that they can't see. Do you want to do a test run? I've I mean, had, you can hold it if you want. I've had that for years, and that drink a lot of beers. And Steve was overshooting one time, and we were talking to shoot the breeze. I said, you know what, man? I'm going to pass this along. Here it just go. reminds I me of, you'll get, and James, this is your do you remember thing. when there were remote controls on car stereos? 
Oh yeah, oh, I have yeah. one. I have one in the Jeep. I'm driving. Yeah, right and now. like so, what you do is you reach over to where the car stereo is to pick up your remote, <laughs> no, and no, then no. you use your remote, and then you put it back. <laughs> That's what that reminds me of. Dude, hey, when you're doing the thug lean when you're driving, no, 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 no. Gene, this is honestly that. the first time I've ever used it since it was in. That's why I put it on okay. backwards. Doug I was like, I've never that. used this thing before. I reg- but isn't that awesome? I'm looking at Kurt, and I regret bringing it up, but I just like. I've been wanting to say something about that for like 15 minutes. No, get, grab a real beer, grab a bush latte, and uh, slam one with that. Hey, I can't hate on you too hard for drinking the Mickle Bolter. I'm drinking some low calorie, yeah. stuff. Early stuff you, by the way, do you golf? We're on diets, yes. We got to well, golf used together. To, used to do off. All right, well, we got to golf together and drink some of the Mickle Bolter. We can do a solid four holes, and then my back locks so, up. So, Gene, Gene and Patrick are working class bow hunter and heroes hunting, if you want to put it uh, that way. You guys got hooked up. Maybe let's talk about that and then talk about then what happened next because it, it became an episode on Carbon TV. You can find it at Heroes Hunting on Carbon TV. Yeah, it's actually season two, episode one. It was uh, where uh, so we, we we go to Colorado every year now. We met uh, what I call true American patriots, uh, the Billheimer family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were early on. He called me and said, "Like, hey, if you can get up to Colorado, we'll buy your tags. We'll take you everything. You just just get here." I'm like, awesome. Like, uh, so you know, if you're an outfitter, like, let me know who you are, and we'll promote you. And he goes, "Hey, dude, we're just farmers, and we believe in what you're doing. So awesome." So that was that was four years ago, five years ago now. Um, this year, we I, I don't even remember how we actually came about. But I'm like, "You're the dude. We're taking." And I do, so, and so oh, it was the fi- oh. actually it was the fishing trip. Is actually what it was. Oh yeah, that, so, yeah. so back we, up. We have an that. we have an annual event where we have on our own hunting property. We have a three acre pond. It's got way too many bass in it. I was like, just bring everybody, bring your families, and uh, where we go. So we met. And I'm like, well, if you're going to drive ten and a half hours to Colorado, it's always nice to know who you're dealing with. I'm like, I spent a day with him. I'm like, I can tolerate you for ten and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Let's do this, you know. So then you hear the story, and and even that event was amazing because it, it reunited him and a buddy he hadn't seen for twenty two years. Oh yeah, so yeah. The army. It was just like just to be able to do that. So like it was the middle point of Kansas and Illinois. I was like, this is awesome. So we went out. Uh, we have the hunt, which you know the Billheimer family. If you see them, will suck you in immediately. Like you will feel like you've known them your whole life. And that and that's the way we were because the first time we met them, we didn't even know the address we we're going to. We didn't get there till two a.m. I op- I knock on the door of a place I think is the right door, and there's this like large man in his underwear. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, come on in. Let me show you where to go. <laughs> so by now we're there, and uh, we, so we take Gene out there, and it it. I don't know if you want me to go into the the hunt itself. Like it was just. Yeah, cut in however you need to cut into it. The hunt itself was is literally I'm not I without used, spoiling like the episode. Okay, it, it if won't. That makes sense. It won't. But like, uh, or Gene, just paint the picture and then they can go watch it. You know, that'd be kind of cool. Here, here's the here's the premise. Gene Gene's a very religious person. He believes in you know, and that's his thing, and that's cool. I used to be a long time ago, but this literally was a gift from God. Like, I cannot explain this in any physical way of what happened because pronghorn if you've never hunted antelope you'll see shows where people are bow hunting those are like hilly areas and lots of brush and usually Mm -hmm. they're on water and it's very easy um where we went in colorado is 
you can see 13 miles flat. I mean, it's Damn. like a dime. Like The plains. There's, well, that's how flat the earth is. Gene Gene's been there. I'm like, there is literally nothing the, out there. It is, it, we are at the 25,000 acres, as he calls it, the flattest on earth. Flattest earth, 25,000 acres. Well, the earth is flat, yes. Yeah, yeah and, and so, coming from like Illinois and Iowa, we were they, the they plant it. corn, and you're like, how the shit are you growing shit out here? It's like a sandy... Burr, like it's just, oh, just, just horrid. Really, land. yeah. Horrid. <laughs> but but they also grow like Milo, and I'm like, I have never seen Milo other than food plots. What and is you Milo? Have, Milo is it's like, a like, type of grain. It's a type of grain, like for feed. Like you'll you'll see it in like food plots, like deer food plots. It's it's a Milo. It's like mm-hmm. a. It looks like a stalk with like a. A lollipop on top of it. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, they uh, have whole fields of it, like yeah. acres of it, and you're like, wow, they grow that shit? Like, that's really? a real thing? Yeah, like, so we we go out there, and we do, and like, long story short, like, there's way more to this, and, and you'll see it in the episode, but out of nowhere, I mean, you, you cannot sneak up on a pronghorn. You can't. It's, it, it can see- the fastest land animal in North America. It fact. runs yeah. 70 miles an hour. And it can see eight kilometers, which is roughly three miles. Let's say. Yeah. Why would you use the European term? Assume eh, American because it's because it's accurate. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but like you know, and like and they're super skittish. Like you know how like you know okay, this is the, the bow hunter podcast. If you like driving on a road and you see a bunch of deer in a cornfield, you can't stop and look at them. And, like, they'll just look at you like, what the fuck are you looking at, you know? <laughs> Until you, like, get out of your truck or, make or like, start to approach them, and then they run off, right? Yeah. Probably not like that at all. Like, you even drive down that road, they're gone. They they immediately take off. And I, sh- I was showing this. Like, we get there a day early because it takes a whole day to drive to Colorado. And I'm showing uh, Gene. I'm like, oh, look, we're going to go out and we're going to scout kind of the area where I think they're going to be. Which the family doesn't even tell the rest of their family that ah. we can hunt. We got a special area. Yeah, we have a special <laughs> area. And this is where I've kind of like learned to Wide hunt open them. area. No high fences. And so, yeah, this is, yeah, there's no high fences. I mean, it's like 25,000 acres of the most open area you've ever and seen. And that's their secret area? No, this no. is like their property. Oh, I was like, Jesus Christ. No, they, they just farm so much land. Yeah, it's, it's you insane. Can, you can see the 15-foot easy wall mirage. I mean, when it, when the sun started coming up all the way around you, like the desert, mm-hmm. it was the most it, – It's I can't even explain it because even the animals, once they got past a certain point, they start they like got 10 times bigger because of this wall of mirage is how f- we're out in the middle it's one of those things you got to mm-hmm. see to believe really yeah, it, it's really hard to explain and it it and it takes up you and you have no range finders because of something to do with the, the dirt and the the dust but the the ability to go through it so the the the, the premise of the story is like you're not going to sneak up on these animals um you're not going to like subtly even drive by them or they're gone. Right. And so what had happened is, you know, we had went through like a full day cycle of watching what was like Nat Geo. We watched them breed. We watched them fight. We, we had like went through these valleys to get close to this one group that we've seen that had two wall hangers in it. And we literally watched them for eight hours. <laughs> 
of fighting and sparring. Like it, and, and Gene and Avian asked me, he's like, "You've been here like four years. Like, do they fight like whitetail? Like, lock up with antlers?" And we like look up and like there they were sparring and fighting <laughs> with whitetails. And I'm like, "And Gene, have you ever watched so, antelope like this ever in your life before?" No, you know. And prior to this, because what what really you know, I want to back up too. I was sitting at Five Guys when he texted me out of the blue and said, "Hey, would you like to go on this?" I'm like, well, I, I, well, "I don't know. I was on vacation with my family actually in Tennessee at that time." And uh, so I'm like, "Antelope, antelope. I don't know much about antelope. I'll make this happen somehow. I don't even know if I'm gonna get off work yet." Right? Sure. I'll figure it all out. So I started. Which is know, what you got to do sometimes, right? Just yeah, yeah. Start commit, hustling, so, commit, and we're gonna do it. But so you're just thinking about all these these animals fighting, and then all of a sudden, like some Project Blue Beam stuff, and all of a sudden they're fighting. Well, what happened? Was that was like, like, you've we, never seen this before. No, we, no, no I never even seen it before. Why? I had never even seen it before, and that was what made it so awesome. Was like he was asking questions, like, "Do they do this? Do they do that?" And some of it I could answer, but you know, it was like, "Do they spar like whitetails?" I was like. I really don't know. And then these two wall hangers on camera are just going at it. I mean, it was just non. They're just fighting and fighting and chasing each other around. And there's does. And I mean, for eight hours, we stalked them. So this is their rut right now, I take oh, they it. Were this just, is freaking day one yeah. of the hunt. <laughs> of the rut. I yeah. mean, they were rutting hard. The, the coolest thing that morning, and I don't. Uh, the very first thing that morning, it was a beautiful Colorado morning. It was like 35 degrees, you know, and uh, it was super, well, it was kind of chilly. Nice, you know? brisk yeah, morning. Brisk. Oh, it's freaking cold. The sun just started coming up. <laughs> Steam and everything was rising off these fields, and these fields are three-mile longs. They're like three-mile long plots and about one or half-mile wide, if you can visualize that, rectangular shapes. And it was a Milo field, and then a sunflower field, and then they alternated. What was, there was like four crops they rotated. Oh, winter wheat, mm-hmm. and uh, and then like a dead field, and they rotated all these rectangular shaped fields with this crop. So we were in this winter wheat, I think it was, and it was only about mm-hmm. five inches tall. Yep. Um, winter wheat is. And behind us was this what I would call like a CRP style grass of you know about three feet tall. And probably about 400 yards off to our back. And all of a sudden, we see this body bop up. Whoop. And I'm like, what the heck? And sure as crap, he was mounting a doe. Like, look at that. We're looking. Like, holy cow. And he's back down. He's going to town. And he's back up. And we're like, yeah. Oh, my man, dude. And he's back down. Dude, he was giving her. Hey, they are the fastest laying animals, aren't they? Yeah. (laughs) 30 seconds, I'm good to go again. Yeah, I think he had two or three does with her, with him. And he was just taking turns for probably about a good hour. He was up a dozen different times. Mountain, was mountain, it Go mountain. Love Thursday? Yes. In spirit, it was. It was. And then and then you got another. And he is, he is every bit of a, a Boone and Crockett pronghorn. And then his, the, the one that's with him is uh, that he kept fighting with is another Boone and Crockett. We got these two wall hangers. On film, just going, and they're at fighting it. over some chicks. Oh yeah, yep. that's yep. awesome. And there's like eight or nine of them there, but they're just yeah. Out of how, range. I was like, how far away are they? Right at this point, they're probably like four or five hundred yards. Too so, far? Too far? No, because we have a uh, I have an Armalite 300 Winmag. Armalite, another Illinois. Not they're yet. made here about 20, 20 minutes from here. Wow. We got Armalite, Rock My River, absolute LMT. So why did weapon. why were you guys not? They actually, the ones that were behind us that came in in that grass that morning, um, how far they were at, how we were set up, 
you wouldn't be able to see a good body shot on them because of the tallness of the grass mm-hmm. based on them. You right. have in the addition, heat coming off the ground, which like gives it, the yeah. mirage. Right. But the other thing was the that road. That was a super bow hunter question I asked, huh? Yeah. Well, it, what did it actually? It's not. But there even was that. a road in a house, too, so you had to look past right What it is. You can shoot through that thing, right? With a rifle, you can shoot through anything pretty much. Oh, right? yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. It's old wood. It's it, just going it, to go right yeah. through. It never, it never makes a difference of whatever it is you're hunting. The one big thing, like especially in social media, if you post it up, you're gonna see everybody like, "Oh, I would take a net shot." You know, I'm like, being a smart ass. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's actually a valid question. It's like, why what? wouldn't you shoot it? Because it, what it was is they were just out of range of what was comfortable. Like, me and my weapon, which we were using, which was the Armalite 300 Wind Mag, which is it's my favorite freaking weapon in the world. He never shot before, other than when we zeroed it in when we got there, because you had to adjust for the altitude change. Right. So we wanted to zero in the weapons. So you have somebody that has a weapon they've really never fired before at an animal. And what we realized at the time later was that I had forgotten that this wasn't my mil-spec weapon that I thought was meters <laughs> in far to the scope. It oh, was actually shit. yards. <laughs> and so we're checking everything through meters. And and in, you you see it in the episode like the he actually ends up taking a shot where we were like dude they're like perfectly fine you could do it like take comfortable. a shot comfortable shot just over the back of it and with the the humidity and everything you actually can see what's called trace yeah. which is where you actually can see the bullet travel the whole path chemtrails yes yes chemtrails yeah chemtrails yeah. of course yeah. probably made them all sick this is, is all coming back to me now I've yep. watched this episode and that's right yeah because what happened was. The distance and stuff that we were shooting, it was closer than what we had ranged, and then putting mills versus yards, which is further, so it went mm. overcompensated right, just over. Right. And, and you can actually can get super, super like scientific about this. Is you have to remember, like we're in an area of Colorado where our rangefinders don't work, so you're doing everything off of visual and what's called milling, and we we don't have anything at this point. So you have what's called optical stereopsis. Probably the biggest word you've heard on the show. Damn. Is, that, is that all one word? It's Two like serendipity. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What doctor are you can going you, can, to for can, this? Can you say this again? Drop that. Drop that again. Optical stereopsis. Okay, so I'm. I don't seeing even know how to say stereo is what I'm. I'm hearing. I'm explain, taking base words. Optical what stereopsis. What this means is, in general terms, things at altitude will look closer than they are. If so it's like your your passenger side mirror. It says. Uh, Kind of like that is, that, is, that, is that why you guys? Because that was like this. Maybe the, you'll answer my question that I had when you said that you had to adjust um, your uh, your scope to altitude. Is mm-hmm. this tying into that? Because yes, very that, much. That blows my mind. Is it because the air is thinner, so the bullet's going to travel different? It's going to travel different. Oh shit! Different. Yeah, I already got this. I'm basically a rocket scientist. Well, that's, that's the that's the ballistics of it. So in, here in Illinois, you're looking at 900 plus feet above ocean. Where oh, we're at, I know. I'm a doctor. I know. Right? Where we're at in Colorado, you're looking at five to 6,000 feet. Even though it's a flat plane, you're on the plateau of Colorado, you're looking at that. Optical stereopsis would be like if you went to Pikes Peak and you're looking at the mountain next to you, it looks like it's just right there. The same thing to us happened in Afghanistan where we operated at like 10,000 feet in the Paktia province. You would look at it and you'd be like, oh, there's a mountain right there. And we're like, well, let's test fire weapons. And you shoot like Mark 19s, which are grenade launchers, or your weapons. And you think like, oh, we're going to hit the top of that peak. And you realize it's actually like 17 kilometers away from you, which is multiple miles away. 
Things at altitude look like they're so much closer to you than they actually are. Why is that? Is it because the air is thin and you can see through it more? It's because of optical stereopsis. Uh, that was a joke. I, that was well, that's the thing. Right. Like they, they always <laughs> say, okay, the mountain's right there, but it's going to take us three days to walk right, right. there. So, like, yeah, the that first, shit blows my mind. The first year we went out to Colorado, that's what happened to us. So, like, with the same weapon... We optical went out there. Stere- I can't even. Say, I still can't say it. Optical stereosis. Optical stereopsis. Oh wait, stereo. What is stereosis? So, like <laughs> the first year we went out there, we we figured out that our rangefinders wouldn't work, and even the locals would be like, "Oh, he's 800 yards away." We put our scopes at 800 yards, shoot, and the bullets would land about 300 yards short. It wasn't until later in that hunt that we're like, "Whatever you think it is." Add like five hundred to it, and that's what we do in our scopes, and then we just start hitting everything. And you can hit a thousand yard shot easily because it's so flat, but you have to know where it is. Right. Well, when we came up with Gene, it was the same type of thing. Like we didn't, we had to guess what we thought because at the time we couldn't mill the height of the article. It wasn't until like a day later where we started talking with like, what's the average height of one of these animals? Because we're looking at like them like whitetail, and they're actually shorter than whitetail. How much shorter? Oh, like a foot. I mean, they're and they're fragile, like super fragile. Fragile's in the house. So, what do you for? You probably could shoot them with a BB like gun a and kill them. Yeah, like a carp. <laughs> I don't. Uh, that doesn't translate for a lot of our listeners. Well, probably. the locals are always joking. Like the Billheimer family, they're like, "We don't know why you're using a 300 wind mag because you shoot them with a pellet gun, you'd probably kill them instantly." Really? But you'd have to get them that close to do it. So, because their skin is thin, or like they're just they're not, just a lot smaller animal. It's not until like, like they're not pain tolerant. Like Gene, Gene could tell you like when you see them, you're thinking whitetail, but then when you lay your hands on them, you're like, oh wow, this is a lot smaller animal than I thought it was. Like how big? Like so how that, big? Like do you, like, do you, yeah. like pound wise? How much is I a good say mature? Ninety pounds. Yeah, ninety pounds. Pound, ninety hundred pounds is probably. Oh, like so you're shooting a Labrador. One. Pretty right. close. Ugh. It's not until so like my, how much my doe weigh, Steve? One hundred eighty-four pounds. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You yeah. Had, like, so my one hundred eighty-four pound doe yeah. is like dwarfing this yes. antelope. Yeah. Because this is like, and this is the hardest part too. Like me, I've been out there multiple times, so I know you have a feel for. it. I have a feel for it, and now I have like I have pretty much what I consider a fail-safe way of like if it doesn't work on your like your normal hunt, like I have a fail-safe way you can kill these things. Super easy, and that yeah, that comes with experience, and that's like, in the episode too. You'll see it like oh, we yeah. we call what what I call the Stratton approach, and it's just <laughs> you're gonna kill them. Do we need to do a hunt. We yeah. need to all go out there for like a working. Well, we're trying to figure out like what to do. Like for the fifth year, the family was like, you got to do something special for next year, which would be 2018 for the special hunt. And I'm like, well, there's a couple different things we could do. We could bring back everybody we had the year before, or. You know, I know these guys from like working class blow hunter. A bunch of idiots. Out, you know? Yeah, they're a bunch of stupid <laughs> shits. Oh, but yeah, you know, they're, ding they're, they're, they're a good time. Yeah, if you can go out there and hunt and drink, you don't have to worry about it because they hit what was that like moonshine crap? Oh that guy my gosh! Was, yeah. The, the the coolest thing about this too is other than like they were like, oh, we're a family, we're just the parachutes, we want to get back to America. Is that which is badass? When you go and Gene can attest to this, like. Uh, it's it's their family weekend too. Opening weekend of pronghorn is like their family thing. Everybody from Colorado, they got some family and close friends collapses, and like they all stay at his place. It's called the Honey Hole. It's in the middle of absolute nowhere. I mean, like if you're like, oh, we'll just get a hotel. Well, 
Yeah, you're going to travel like four hours to get to this place from the closest hotel. <laughs> no shit. And the, yeah, like everybody like hangs out there and, sh- and Diane, the wife, makes like this huge dinner and she makes me my own like personal cookies, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> and like, but they have their kids and like, I mean, you can't get more of like a, a down home camp. feel. Oh yeah. Like it down home is a camp. huge family deer camp. And That's trying what to, it was. Until I mean, you've experienced like Gene has too. Like, so you had 10 and a half hours from Des Moines to... Haswell, Colorado, where we drive to, to like explain this. You're like, dude, you're not going to believe this place. And these people, just so nice, so friendly. The place where you get your tags, like, knows me because it's like one <laughs> lady. Year, yeah, it's like- J&J Liquor. That's where you get your license, which is just hilarious in itself. But, like, you know, like, as we're driving out there, I'm telling Gene, like, you're not going to believe Steve's trying people. to get up right now, everyone, so we're all the noise going on and all the high peak mic so noises that Steve, Steve. Steve just yeah. caused. It's Steve's fault. <laughs> Sorry. So everyone knows, like, Steve's, we're almost, we're, we're over 200 episodes in, and Steve has not really got his shit together yet, so everyone's aware. He's in the Gene worst location. Chair, right? So let's yeah. see how quiet you can, oh, wow, you actually opened the door quietly. Thank you, Steve. Essentially, door, that was right? the Tommy Boy airplane. Thanks for being section, here, Steve. Right? I love you. Let me say something about Mont and Diane, though, and and he he nailed it. You know, I had to prepared. call Steve out on a shit real quick. Yeah, I know he's always on blast. Ah, uh, you know, driving out there, he did. He said they're warm people. They're you know they open their arms. What they did, how the whole story that he shared before, as far as you know how it started. Right. And you got to come up with ten and a half hours of discussion. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, with him, it was easy. It, it, we, I mean, we just hit one topic after another after another, and that was. But the the whole thing, if I if I I don't want to miss it, if I forget to say anything about this whole trip, was the foundation of heroes hunting is to get veteran shearing. I mean, I learned some deep stuff about Patrick. He got some deep stuff about me, it which was, I want to get into a little cool. bit about and, your story. You know, it was Patrick, stuff about coming. opening up and what was that? I, I want to get into Patrick's story here. Oh, yeah. you mentioned that, but yep. I, but keep going. Jake. We're going to segue into that. Uh, but that's what it was all about, you know. And uh, building that camaraderie and then sharing the hunt together. Yeah. But then getting there with uh, Mont and Diane and then the whole family and them opening up and their home. Uh, I mean, it, it was overwhelming. I was just set back and, you know, I was kind of humbled. And I'm like, right. this is really happening. You know? It's, it's right. truly it was cliche, surreal. As cliche as it sounds, you're like, you know, if we kill something, we don't kill anything. I don't really care because we had fun. But the thing is, man, like, the, I know, like, it's, you got to say that. Like, it seems corny. Like, oh, it's cliche. But... That's the beautiful thing about the people that hunt and that are, uh, you know, dedicated to what we do and have a passion for it is that's the things that happen. Like people get yeah. passionate, like being emotional and spilling your heart out into a passion is you have to have that in life. And like, no matter what your passion is, if you're passionate about like Steve's buddy is passionate about beer. And I thought that was the coolest thing, like knows beer, loves beer on like a chemical level. But, you know, if he's passionate about that, we're all passionate about hunting. That's why our niche listener base of working class bow hunter, like, our listener base is not going to think cliche. Yeah, you hear it a lot, but if they've experienced it, they get it. But I get what you're saying. Like, I always say that too, like, oh, it sounds super cliche, but well, no, I wanted I'm to make saying, that point. Is shout like, out to Drew Booth, by no, the way. No, I'm saying it's, it sounds cliche, but we, I didn't mean we, to like. We've been out there four years, we've been successful four years, and we have two days to hunt every year. Right, right. Anyway, and that that's goes through the test of like the the family, the prep. You know, one year, uh, the year before Gene was, it was two inches from a booner. Right, horn, right. They actually passed all year long. His two sons, which are adults, you know, don't you think though? The, like, like, say you went out there man. and never hunted at all. Say you just went out there and you had, uh, like, you know, you've got like year one. 
Yeah, yeah, like year one. But say like you went out, you've gone back, you know the family, the camaraderie, like the relationships you build. You build. Say you took all the hunting out of it, like the physical, like I'm on the hunt, and you just all the hunting camp experience of people you met. It would still be just as special. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I would do it knowing them now. Like even if I was like, hey, do you just want to go to Colorado and hang out with some cool people? See, yeah, they, they, I would do it because it would be right. worth a ten and a half hour trip. They actually have come to Iowa multiple times. Just to say hi, passing through, and like, and and they, they've offered us. You know, it, what's amazing is like he has a a lease in Nebraska, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to get in on this lease?" I'm like, "Man, it's on like the western side of Nebraska. It's not really easy. For, is it, whatever you want to do, anything you can get in there. It's awesome. You know, like I I know his family, I know his cousins. They they, I mean, they're just it, it gives you of. I'm the type of person where I'm like before coffee hate people after right, coffee right. feel good about hating people it makes like, you feel comfortable hey, how do you, you how do you, how do you like, drink your coffee by the way black my man dude my man straight black, black. Uh, dude, only because i'm on a diet and i can't have sugar oh get the get out of here with that dude you cannot drink coffee any other way that's like Can I have you, you don't put you don't put creamer or sugar in your beer i don't drink it with a handle <laughs> you could so I lost the handle. I, know, I had to try it once. They're they're just stellar people, and, that, and that's the hardest thing, you know, because you're taking a veteran who doesn't know me, you know, personally, and you have a ten hour drive, and you're like, hey, we're gonna be in a truck for like ten and a half hours. Like, I hope you're comfortable with me talking a lot. <laughs> and then you try to convey to them, like, okay, this is how we hunt it. This is what the animals like. This is what we're gonna do. But then we're staying at like you're not staying at a hotel. You know, we're staying at a family's house. And there's going to be family there, you know. Yep. That, that alone is kind of imposing. You're like, man, I don't know about this, and and so you're like, man, you're not you're not going to believe these people. Like, the trip alone will be worth meeting the family because right. yeah. the, the the Billheimer family is just amazing in itself. Like, you know, I've sat in their combines where they, they the year before they were still harvesting sunflower seeds, which I didn't even know how they grew. Yeah, they harvest like a, with a corn head. Yeah, and and just and just watch, you know, and like I know their family, I know everything that's going on. Gene and everybody that we've taken out with us, like, is now part of that family. Like, he could literally go to Colorado and be like, "Hey, I'm lost." Only know the Billheimers, <laughs> and they will come to and find him. <laughs> I'm going to tell that's you, awesome. my wife knows, and and we've even had a discussion. If I was to drive west, no matter which way or direction, I will drive out of my way to stop and just to say hi if they were home, spend five minutes. Yeah. And, and, and drive continue, on. Yeah. If it's three hours out of my way, I'm not kidding. That's how gracious these people were. I love them. They opened up their homes to us. Um, you know, I explained the land that they had all this acreage. They work hard and farm all year for, you know, and uh, they watch the animals on this land. And they all year round, they're, they know this land and mm-hmm. they share it with him. And they are them. your audience. Right. You that, know, yeah. Like when you're talking about like working class, this is like American farmer rooted haunter like what colors are tractors red yeah yeah that's what, red, that's what we like yeah, to hear but, loves her case but their attachments are green ah that's what you like to hear and they have i to, like how you hate on deer but deer's the reason why this podcast is going the way it is so you can gotta go my against, d bitch against the grain <laughs> yeah little but, man. but they make it work and that and that's the thing where <laughs> no matter what tractors do you use i respect you yeah as where, long as you're getting after well, where they're at though like we even asked them about that i'm like man that's weird you have like red tractors and combines but you have green attachments I'm like how does that work and they like make it work because they i'm like I cannot express how middle of nowhere these people are. Like, I, like we always joke. I, jo- I did with Gene too. I'm like, who came across 
to the area. west and was like, you know what? No, this is good. This is good. Let's just stay here. Right here. There's like, like hey, there's, a, there's a Casey's about 50 miles up the road. We're good. Yeah, like the dirt is pretty much like sand. And there's nothing out here. Yeah, let's just make this a town. Let's we, just do this here. We learned about six man football. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have six man football. This is how what small. Is the, shit? Yeah. This is how small the town. And I and I want I want to share a little bit of the community mm-hmm. and, and more a little bit. Yeah, of I, I want to hear this. Well, well, I awesome. want to go back to the episode awesome. too, wrapping up like not give it away, but just yeah. in closing. Yeah. Because I want to bring a little few pieces in that we kind of went around. And is there a bar in there. this town, by the way? Oh yeah. yeah, there's got to be. We got our yeah. license and tags from the J and J liquor store. Oh, yep. sorry, I was getting that's up where the slash shop. hunting license is at. Jesus, which <laughs> in the episode. And the way it sounded, the coach, the cheerleader, and maybe the coordinator of the six man football team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the biggest supporter. But yeah, six, they just got six people. They don't have enough kids to go to the school to make a full team so they got rules for this whole six-man football team where really you know one quarterback oh, yeah. two running backs maybe one receiver that's it and they got different rules it's 80 yards it's not 100 yards it's if you if you like arena yards football, for first down like this is the shit this hey our, our arena football team is making a comeback we said the quad seas steam so, wheelers i know they're you got them from the iowa barnstormers so like, yeah they're kind of, coming back <laughs> so is that kind of a just close community that's and, a cool thing and these that's are hard working like i said hard working yeah. people on a on a farm, you know, I think it was twenty five thousand acres. I don't know. His family ran, you know, and they're we and counted they're two, up. They're two well, sons. It literally not counting the surrounding farmers. We we were talking with the owner while Jim was there, and we're like, how many people actually populate this town? And it was thirty nine. Gee, thirty nine people. But you got to think about it. all that. What what was really amazing to me was. I mean, this is this is their life. Cool. This is not just you know a business. You know, it's a business. It's their life, oh, and sure. they accept this. And you watch this magnificent farming thing. I mean, it like you was saying, they got green equipment, they got red equipment. It's whatever can work. Their sons are working. There. I mean, it is yeah. just nonstop rotation. It's not one of those areas where like something breaks. You're like, well, and it's not seasonal. It's not we'll like call the mechanic, throw your no, corn. No, it's in. like, well, let's just see if the neighbors got that piece. Or, I mean, it's. It is true America. What I can what I consider true. America. They're their own business operator and mechanic yeah. all in yeah. one. Yeah. Oh yeah, what it is. But but the year just... before, that's why I saw like while the wife is running the combine, Diana, uh, the husband's running the uh, semi, taking it to the 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 silos. Where's the near, nearest uh, the elevator? For them, the elevator is like it's pretty much like every fifty miles. Yeah, they're running twenty. Oh, I mean, okay. Once, oh, once yeah. you head west into Colorado, like. It's basically like an elevator, four or five houses, fifty miles, repeat, and mirage. That's wild, <laughs> yeah. See, because we, you know, growing up, you know, for me, I grew up in the city. I, I was born and raised in Rock Island, Illinois. It's the city. That's yeah. what it is. You know, the older I got, you know, the further south I started coming in. Um, yeah, I love being out in what I considered was like rural areas, and yeah, I was like, oh no. You know, I, I, I'm thinking, ah, shit. You know, it takes you 20 minutes to get to to get to a grocery store. Well, I mean, even rural this, for me, that's you know, that's a way not yeah, rural. But this, like this, where this you is, guys are coming from. No, this is the rural you're looking at. Uh, the Billheimer family. So that you have the father, two sons, or the stepsons. They're also the fire chiefs of the family. They were they were talking about that, like, like you know, it's, it's like a tender. They're type. the fire department. Basically. They're the fire department. Like, and they'd actually told us about, you know, like there was a house that burned down in Haswell. Like, I mean, 
you you cannot get more when you think of rural you're thinking like outside of town yeah i'm thinking no like, this yeah. is like sherrard where we're at like sherrard where we're at this is this is rural to me if, you know if what I mean? one of them had a medical emergency i think the closest hospital is was, maybe like colorado springs and that's yeah, like a couple hours. hours two hours away yeah two hours so away. it's a helicopter ride yeah yeah no, so it's, like it's like a jet i ride. think they have some yeah, satellite man. areas they can go to but i mean you're you're out there but yeah, even like the, eads i don't think eads had a hospital mm-hmm. in it and that was like that was where we went for like the quote unquote big town to where <laughs> for the six-man football where the, she was even saying their high school didn't have enough people to make the team they didn't even have a team for six it's awesome they didn't have enough kids to try out and that's what made it great was like it's it's so small i guess and so rural that like me being there like every year like the lady at the j and j liquor store i wish i could remember her name all i know is she's one of the j's is and her husband's the other j one of jan is she knew me she remembered me because i walk in with a big camera and we're filming Oh yeah, and that and and she would just laugh and joke and you know like oh we're having homecoming you should come and I'm like are you asking me on a date because that's weird <laughs> she hot next thing you know you're the homecoming yeah. king oh yeah see like she's a lovely <laughs> married but yeah I'll be there but well, like, yeah she's like, married but like, she hot like to kind of wrap it she's a lovely beautiful <laughs> to wrap it all into a nice case so like you'll you'll see that in in the episode like because I I focus on that that's the type of stuff I go through through my background of filming is like the family it's not. Hunts aren't just necessarily you out trying to kill something. They're like, what's going on, the environment you're in. And you can see that. Like, every through the four years that we've gone out there, every year you run into it and they just suck you in. I guarantee you, like, he's probably, Gene's probably still talking with them or sees them on Facebook or they post something. Same with Sam Stratton, Travis, like us. Like, it's not about the hunt, about the environment around the hunt. Oh, that, 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 that's, what, that. that's what makes mm-hmm. like TV hunting so interesting. Is like TV hunting is not necessarily a kill to be successful, and that's the thing. I think, and I, that's where people get lost. To cut in with you a little bit, like mm-hmm. that's where like Steve Ornella, for example, did a good job. He'll do an episode where there's nothing, nothing is killed, but he still makes great content. And I think yeah. that people. With some hunting shows, people dwell on that. Like, i got to get a kill to make a show. Well, if you have real shit going on, no, you don't have to no. make one, one of the One show. of the best compliments we ever got on our show was that people were mesmerizing the first year that we show misses. And they were like... Which you, blows my mind. Yeah, they were just like, you missed. like you, you, And you aired that. And we're <laughs> Gene's like, like <laughs> raising his hand in the yep. studio. Oh, yeah. We're like, yeah, that shit Sailed happened. that one. Know? Everyone and, and, has and, that happen. And, well, you guys should know that more than anybody. Working class bow hunter, like dude. you're going to tell me, like every bow hunter you Brother. know is just like, oh, dude, I'm hundred percent. Like I don't even buy arrows anymore because I just keep dude, using we, the same one. I know. We just talked. I several times. We just talked to Real Wild. Yeah. All right, Real Wild is one of the most twenty plus world archery. records. Twenty four plus world records. Taking hitting, archery as far as you can go. You know, hitting. You guys know target archery. You sixty x and. He said he still misses animals. It's that. It's I that, did it this year. But that's my respect, it's though. A, like I did it this year, dude. It's that you know, I you did would, it a couple times this year. You you would think like okay, well, I'm. It, it's hard to say because it sounds like you're like oh like I'm gonna shoot my. But you think as much as I'm out hunting, as much stuff as I see, like filming, like all these these veteran hunts, that you'd be like oh it's like so, dude. I miss like a stellar buck this year. I missed this huge, like, 10 at 180 yards with a muzzle, and it was like, I should have just dropped him to find out that, like, it, it happens. But when you air that, oh, my gosh, it blows people's minds. Because if and, and I'm like, take it from this. Like, start watching, like, hunting shows and, and count. 
How many misses you've ever seen in a hunting show? Slim to none. Slim to none ever. And so like that's but, what, that's one thing I got to give credit to. Like one of the bigger hunting shows, we just became great friends with Kyle Weeder from Adrenaline, uh, formerly known as Adrenaline Junkies. Where um, we hit it off with that guy. And just kind of became best friends, like in just from this last ATA, the last few yeah. weeks, you know. And he sent me some messages. Hi, Linda. And he's a top. Yeah, what's up, Linda? How you doing? It, it's a. He's a top four show on Sportsman and Outdoor Channel. You know, he's one of the bigger shows, and uh, that was cool. He he showed Linda his girlfriend smoking the center of a tree, like mm-hmm. it, shooting at a buck, like yeah. just he. And that's what was cool. And um, he sent me some episodes. And he's like. Don't give me, and this is cool. Like it kind of fits in what you're saying a little bit. He goes, you know, don't feed me any bullshit. You know, tell me, what, don't tell me, hey man, love the show, blah, 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 it's good. He's like, I don't want to hear that. Give me criticism. Yeah. What do you think? He's like, if you hate it, tell me what you hate about it. I do the same thing, like especially once our product is done. And, and if you watch from like season one to season two, you'll see a drastic change. Because Dude, what I love about your show is your show is in your own way kind of formatted how we do our podcast where absolutely people, I was gonna say that too people are going to get the sense of what you're really like and, and yeah god like it goes back to that this sounds a cliche but like with a hunting show or a production or a podcast or whatever it may be like we're just trying to be real we're no, just trying to be no, relatable that, blah, that, blah, that, blah. that's actually the, the best compliment i can get and be it's because like i know so we're technically in the industry, right? I hate the word industry, but that's right. the word for I us. like so how you said. quoted that. I know people can't see it, but the air yeah, quotes. Really, yeah. Eric's so, doing the air quotes. And, yeah, and, I'm still and, doing it. and me, to me, I'm like, not. But that's fine. Like, I'll accept that. You're in the industry. I don't... We're, we're in the what industry. What do you mean you're not? I don't get what you... We're in the industry. That's fine, but... The, yeah, you're 100% in the industry. He's in it, but he's not. Yeah. Hey, we're, he's got one foot... We have, like, our toe in And one foot out. Yeah, but you're in it, but, like, you're like in it to make... Toe? Okay, I yeah. get what you're saying, but like, <laughs> no, so so we're in it. You're and, in it in a positive way, right, but, but you're, you're not really but in that, it. Though. That, that's a that's a great compliment to say. Like, you know, <laughs> you get the feel of what we're trying to do. And uh, well, I've met you in person. I see you on TV, and I go, okay, I don't, I don't feel yeah. a difference in I your. I watched body. a guy get tasered with you. <laughs> yeah, you do, you definitely are not gonna like see the show and be like, oh, that's totally different than the way they are. That's. that's no, when I watched your show, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Patrick. That's the way. Yeah, we're, yeah that's that. Yeah, like. You know, if you miss like a ten yard shot, yeah, I'm going to give you shit, and we're going to laugh about it. You know, the the one episode where the officer passed on a five yard deer, I was just like, I gave him shit the whole way back to the truck. Like, let's just kind of figure out what we're going to shoot and what we're not going to shoot, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. But uh, ah, damn it, this is where my TBI is kicking in. I wish I knew where I was going with what I was originally going to say because it was a good point and I got it. <laughs> well, I stepped away and kind of peed real quick. You threw so. me off. No, 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 I threw him no, off. It, it, what did it, what is, is, you can tell it's a Friday night podcast. It's, it's a great compliment of like that's to know that that's who we are and that's what we do. Um, well, I got to say this, man. Like I've watched your your show a lot on lunch mm-hmm. break at work, and uh, my my great friend Tyler Ingholm, he's our Iowa Classic pioneer if you will you've met tyler you've yeah, tyler's met tyler. tyler wears your hat everywhere he has the heroes hunting hat rocking and uh he he doesn't he do, he refuses to be on the recording he refuses to actually talking to a mic but he'll sit and watch from a distance watch us record him he'll listen to him but three hours but he dude. won't be on one he, and i get it that's how he is i've known him almost my whole life and uh i don't remember where i was going with this but uh 
Welcome to my world. See? Damn, yeah. How many Michelob <laughs> Ultras you had? Jesus Christ. No, it's not even <laughs> Ultra. It's just it's where traumatic brain injury But happens. we went out with Tyler. I I'm going to continue on. I don't know where I was actually going originally, but Tyler knows, like, the one hunting show he knows is you guys no, from really. the experiences at Iowa Classic. From We watch you guys on lunch break, and he'll ask. He's like, oh, yeah, Patrick, is he, he going to be at Iowa Classic again? <laughs> He's going to go out to... Uh, our traditional place at Iowa oh, yeah, Classic? Definitely. It's a place where you can buy uh, <laughs> uh, supplies if you were going to build uh, a wooden wall. Uh, it's a type of yard, lumber yard. Oh, yeah, that place. <laughs> that place. Classy joined it. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know where you were going with that at it's, all. It's, it's behind the Menards. Anyway, I don't know it's where I was place where you going. sharpen your pencil. I think where I was going was, like, we were watching your show, and it's like, uh, you know, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I met Patrick in person, then I watch on TV, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's good at hosting, but and, it's like, oh, that's Patrick. And, that, and he's that's just relatable. That's that's where the I guess the industry like annoys me is that you'll see these these people that aren't their people, and there there are people out there that and that they give me hope, like you guys. You know, I I finally got to meet <clears throat> Jeff Danker. Like I was saying, like that was my highlight of last year. That's, yeah, that's you know. Other than that, the only other person I want to meet in the industry that I haven't met. Is Michael Waddell? Michael Waddell, if you're listening, I would really like to meet you anytime. You guys want to <laughs> hang a out? Great plug, right there. Yeah. But that's not saying yeah. though. Like but, at the same time, when we say this, like there's certain people that have a show that's formatted a certain way, right. and they have to do their job to the format that they want their show to be. And I get that, right? And that, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like my daughter, like mocking the one where like it's totally scripted, and you know, like you you get it, and you get it, you have that feel. Like you'll see it. Well, that's where I was going with this. Is <laughs> yeah, there it is. So being in the industry. Click. We have what's since since this is uncensored. We have what's called just another fucking hunting show, mm-hmm. and yeah, we absolutely. you see it all the time. And and I couldn't imagine being like a television executive because people come to you all the time like, oh, we have this great idea for a show. Like, sweet, tell me what it is. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be real. We're gonna hunt deer, and we're gonna film it. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit! Wait, stop wait, it. don't even tell no me. No fucking the, way! You're gonna do the <laughs> truck scene. Holy shit! And we're gonna do it with bows. Holy <laughs> fucking shit! Oh my god! That's stop just, the paper. Oh man, we're shit. giving you like 7 p.m., dude. Hold on, let me just write the checkbook. Yeah. It, it, just just and tell then, me when to stop. It wasn't until I got in the industry <laughs> that I saw why that is. Is is it's because like we unnamed channel was like, yeah, we want you to be on our channel. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we figured out the money, and we're like, uh, we could probably pull that together. Sure. Well, then we get what's called a shot list. And and once I say this, you'll get it, and you'll watch every show completely different from now on. Not you, because you're in the industry. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Finger quotes. But we're like, doing it again. We're doing it. But they sent it to me, and they're like, here's what it is. It was like driving to the outfitter, mm-hmm. meeting the outfitter. Talking about it's a the, script. Talking about the location. These were the shots they wanted us to give them, and they Cookie would make cutter shots. Yeah, and then it was like walking out to the tree stand, climbing the tree stand, attaching on the safety harness, scanning the horizon, giving a briefing of the location. I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit, this is why hunting shows suck." That's why people hate them. Yeah, it was like this is garbage. Why, that was why, like, when we started playing like rock and roll, people were like, "Holy shit, you guys play like actual music." And we're like, "Yeah, if it was like if we could get past the unlicensed thing, oh like, yeah, dude, we would." <laughs> Like some five finger death punch would fucking roll with a goddamn money. <laughs> Dude, no, you, well, hey, you would play Slipknot with the Wiggles. No, we dope, actually dope. we've actually contacted like yummy, labels yummy. and like Slipknot. Yeah, yeah. Slipknot from Iowa. Yeah, we'll fucking get that shit going. Yeah, they're from Des Moines. Hey, we're yeah. hey we're Illinois. So who do we get? We get Mudvayne. You, you know what happened Peoria. to us, Patrick? We got a contract sent to us because we finally hit like decent podcast numbers, and it said. uh 
the International Outdoor Podcasting Association, they said, uh, listen, here's the things you have to cover, and these are the ways you need to cover it. Now, I'm actually bullshitting all of this, but how funny would that be? <laughs> They'd be like, listen, working, working class bow hunter, you need some handcuffs. we got to shackle you down a little bit. Be like, fuck you. You need some handcuffs. But they do in that podcast. If they tell us we need handcuffs, they'll be like, all right, you bringing the whipped cream too? You're trying to get on some freaky level, and I'm not on. That's like a whole other side. It's actually a whole other podcast that spectrum. Like when I come back for the fourth time, I would love to talk about because it's the misconception that people don't understand about. Oh, there's the, not going to be a fourth time. You came in here drinking that yeah, rat piss. No, it ain't happening. People don't understand like how reversed the hunting television side of it is. Like mm-hmm. you know, like if you're like, I mean, unless you're like a big name like the Waddells and like Major League Bow Hunter and stuff like that. Yeah, like you're getting paid to be on TV. But if you're like low class like us, even venture, like you're paying to be on TV, like. You're seeing me on TV because I paid money to take that airtime. Yeah, and, right. and, and you know that's the stuff people understand. Not, and like, I don't want to bash any people or no. And there, you know, there's, there's people toes, who like, you know you got like, you don't understand how it works. Like I was like. When we went into it, we knew nothing, and that was like, "Holy crap! This is how this actually yeah, works." Yeah, you guys, you guys are completely different. What you know, what you guys do is you take combat vets out on hunts, and that's that's the shit. I, I love when there's, um, you know, one of our favorite real. shows. It is real, and one of our favorite guys. Uh, he's he's an old school guy, but he's got a modern show. Uh, Philip Vanderpool on the Virtue mm-hmm. on Carbon TV, legend. He's a legend. Yeah, He's legend. been around forever. Was my mic off the whole time? I turned you down because you were yelling earlier. Oh, sorry. Yeah, my mic is over two hundred episodes. Still hasn't learned two hundred episodes. Um, but what happened was. Um, Badger just gave me the biggest, most smiley thumbs up I've ever gotten. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's because I know the Illuminati. Yeah. Kim Trills. What what I was like, you know, what I was going for was. gave you that one, boys and girls. PV was an old school guy, and now he's brought like, uh, and it's still a pretty standard format, but it's more enjoyable than any show that's out there. And I enjoyed that show before I knew any of the guys, and we got to know the people. I mean, obviously, we're on a uh, level where we, we're we're meeting these people, and they're fantastic human beings. But it's just nice to see a lot of the guys that you know you grew up watching to Boy, still be really relevant in the modern day because they're doing something that's different. It's not even that you see them and they're relevant. It's more that you see them and they are what you thought they were. That's a big. Oh yeah, as you guys are going on and you've seen it too, like you'll run into people where you realize, like, I wish you were what I thought you were. You know, and that was what was like with Jeff Dankard being an example. Like, that was what like made my year was not only was he what I thought he was, he was bigger. You know, when I when I actually got to actually talk to him one on one for like a, just me and him for forty five minutes, I was like, wow, you are the person mm-hmm. I thought you were. Um, just like other people I've met in the industry that we're friends with, you know, like Channing Dana Wall, uh, the Mud Bums, which had nothing to do with hunting side of it, but like our fishermen, they're from also in Iowa. Like they, they were are. in Eldridge uh, two years ago. They are at Casey's in Eldridge. I'm yep. like, what the hell is Mud Bums? I'm they like, are, I got to look this shit up. They are what you see. You are, and and just like running and with you guys, and you know, it's like this is where you get into the like patting each other on the back where it feels weird you know it's your show but like i'm a person from the outside like i don't know you from adam i don't know you from gene you know and i've met you guys and you are who you are and that's (laughs) that's why 
Well, we I, talked for how long? Two hours before we actually hit the record button? Right. And like, and that's, <laughs> you know? that's, what, that's why I believe in your product. And, and that's yeah, why you Gallows and Anderson would say, we read a couple novels before we talked. Right. But like, even though now you're talking about like, oh, we're going to have like low live numbers because it's a Friday. And yeah, you are. People are out there doing their thing, trying to get laid. The whole thing's awesome. But like, they're yeah. going to come back and like listen to the record. Touché. I don't know if you have an ability to record that information or not. But that's what's going to happen because you are who you are. Right. If you wouldn't be as successful as you are if you weren't authentic. Mm-hmm. People because people can sniff that out in yeah. a heartbeat. And we know that. Well, I mean, you know, that that's why like I was went on to what we were saying where we're like we miss and we'll film it or cuz that was part of the freaking story. Right. You know, Absolutely. That's what happened. Well, at the yeah. same time, man, like, you know, you know, we go to ATA, if you meet us at ATA or at Iowa Classic or like even you guys, you know, at your, you know, Heroes Hunting is a very in your face, obvious. Yeah. You, you guys have the booth. You guys are, you guys don't put on this. The model. We're specifically right by the door. Like, yeah, you guys are. Welcome not- to Iowa Deer Classic, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Hey, are, are those actual models? <laughs> well, I, I always forgot to well, ask. Hold on, Steve. On to my point. They're always like, excited. You guys are, okay. are gnarly dudes, and you picked that up, and that's why we were attracted to you guys. Like right off the bat, like these dudes are fucking badass. We're gonna have them on. It's gonna be a, a while. And when we recorded our first episode two years ago, I'm like, now the, you guys were saying. Fucking Haji Hut, Haji Hut, and, shit. Hut. and me and Steve were looking at each other like, "This is badass." But, yeah. Like, yeah, but we, the we, thing we is, it's like a Haji Huts. If we go to ATA like, yeah. show or like Iowa Classic, you know, I'm my fingers are tattooed, my arms are tattooed. If I was like, you're being judged, it, you know, yeah, well, a little bit, but maybe not. I don't care if they judge no, me, but because fuck you if you're gonna judge me because of tattoos, but. It's one of those things where I'm going to act a certain way, being myself. So, and the way I am, I feel like I have, for the norm, and I'm air quoting, a gnarlier vibe. But then, if I went on my my podcast and was like, "Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter. This is the podcast where we talk about hunting, and that's it, nothing else." And blah blah blah. And blah, blah. But I'm actually living in a cubicle at that's work. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but like, there's there's been like, people that seen our logo at these shows, and they're like, "Hey, do you guys know those guys?" And like, we are those guys, and we get to talk about like. Yeah. You guys are exactly how you are on the show. That's who you are. Well, that's are. what I mean. But if you knew me in person and then I acted different v- on my podcast. Right. Side note. Visually, you, I am what I feel like I should be. Have you ran into anybody yet that has been uh, uh, telling people they are you? I had, no. I've, I've had that happen already. Man. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had somebody like, oh, yeah, I'm this guy from on the, the show. And I is was that like, stolen valor, technically? And I was like, really? <laughs> and I just started asking questions about me. You know, and he was, he was like, wow. And I'm like, wow, you know a lot about me. That's creepy. But no, the, like, what, you're, what you're saying, though, like. Wait, had to, uh, whoa, exactly. we got to hear this like, shit. Hold on, like, yeah, Patrick, you're, you're a tattooed guy. Not that tattoos yeah. is the, no, no, the premise that's of that's it. That's the best part. That's what I was going to go with. That. I was like, I love that. Like, people, like, I lived in Dallas. So, like, being tattooed. And having a nice truck, and I was retired at the time, so I was like, "This is great." Because you retired young. They underestimate you. You retired love, before you went to the military. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I did it all backwards, but I love. That's what I'm saying. Like they look at you and they look at your tattoos and they see your fingers and immediately. As soon as you see tattooed fingers, you're like, huh, "Thug or Piece whatever." Of shit. People, they, they have an immediate prejudice in your hand. Like if people saw tattooed fingers immediately, be like, "Oh, he's probably not even a hunter." You right. know, that, that's, yeah. that's honestly what they would do. Like, yep. Or you some know, kind like, of gangbanger. You, you know, yeah. the, he's oh, in yeah. prison. He's in Illinois. Is, he's probably fucking guns. Well, yeah, th- that's Illinois. the thing. Like, yeah. I joke about it, man, because I know it's obvious. Like, my day job, I work with a lot of engineers and a lot of the engineers. Nothing against engineers. engineers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear Don't you. I'm, I'm on Team Patrick with that one. Our buddy Doug's an engineer. But it's like, I can see them fucking look. Hate him. But I But I find it like, it's, it's an entertaining thing because... For example, this is kind of, you know, we're all over the place in this podcast, which is the beauty of it. But um, 
my best friend is the most insanely tattooed guy that I know. His oh, whole yeah. head's tattooed, his face is tattooed, and he is the more tattoos he gets, the kinder of a person he becomes. It's true because he he it almost makes him a better person. One, that's his passion. So for everyone listening, they're like, what kind of idiot would tattoo his face? Imagine being so into art and so into the tattooing um, aspect of it. Like, you're so passionate about it. His, how we all love hunting, that's how he loves tattoos. Like, yeah. that's his thing. But the, the best part of it is, though, it immediately makes you underestimate it. Yeah. That's why I, lo- I love my tattoos. Like, I have a sleeve. I mean, I don't have, like, finger tattoos and hand tattoos because I haven't got to that point. Right. But it immediately makes you understand, and that's what I love. That's why It's a I fun love. part of it. That's why I love it, because people look at me like, eh, thug. And then you they go like, oh, holy shit. Oh, you're a yeah, nice they, person. And, and they nice step in Kurt's oh, living shit. room and see some of them big that's, gear in that's there. That's the best part about it. I <laughs> love being estimated. That's how I live my whole life is like, I love being underestimated. Well, and, Dakota and, and especially is... Especially uh, when you can get the people who like, there's no way you can blank space. I'm like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Like, like the the company I had made that actually made me retire was like, there's no way you could possibly make this happen. I'm like, stellar. Because as soon as you tell me that, I'm going to work four times harder. That's, well, that's awesome. the thing. Like, Dakota, Dakota is a veteran, and that's mm-hmm. a, the the unique thing about it. Dakota and his uh, fiance are veterans, and he's a he's a barber in Columbus. When you say Dakota, we're we talking about like Medal of Honor Dakota, Dakota or, Cosmaker. He's, okay, you know, different Dakotas. He uh, the thing is like when you see him, like if someone's like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And takes their time out because he's intimidated. Look, his whole top of his head's yep. tattooed, and hey, how are you doing? He's like, "Hey, buddy, how are you doing today?" Like he'll ask him, like, "How are you doing today?" Like literally, like mm-hmm. full blown spell it out, like legitimately ask them hey what's up with you how are you doing even even not being tattooed though it's awesome because like my wife gets it now after after like five years she finally gets it you know she like she she understands that i'm the type of person who's like like i said like hates people after coffee feels confident about hating people (laughs) you know like i just don't like people in general like you guys are my friends so now you're family like you are literally Eight of my people that are friends of mine. Like, so you don't hate us; you kind of hate us. No, no, no. I don't hate you at all. <laughs> you hate us like, less, but like you understand it. Right. And so oh, absolutely. like when we go out and her friends see me, they're like, "What's wrong with Patrick?" She'll. I've heard her say. She's like, "Oh, he just thinks everybody's fucking stupid." <laughs> and I'm like, and, and then they're like, "Oh, look at the special kid over there, like just laughing at people." Because I'm just like, "Look at this idiot over here who can't even figure out how to get his drink in his hand." You know, like that's the type of person I am, and so. When you get underestimated like that, it makes the 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 success of what you do the drive just like punch you in the face. You right, know? Like, right. Like I'm an IT person. Like when I walk in, like they see my sleeve. And I'm like, oh god, oh. like <laughs> tattoo person. I'm like sick things. Yeah, let me tell you about what the hell. Like I'm running. You know, I'm currently when when this airs. By the time this airs, I'll probably be hired by this company. And they're like, I'm going to run their whole IT department. Like they're right. specifically bringing me in for that. I'm like. So, like, walk in and, like, tell me how, like, my tattoos have anything to do with the intelligence that I have. With exactly. It, you know? like, well, that's a beauty thing. I guess the, the hunting industry is a changing place. Not that, like, tattoos are uncommon. That's why I always liked, like, Tommy Gomez. Like, I met him at ATA this year. And Tommy was Gomez, he not a cool dude? Oh, cool. The cool coolest. Shit. And Tommy is uh, one of the best archers in the world. He's up with the top. I'd say he's top seven for sure handles business handles too. business and he's he's his neck's tatted up mm-hmm. his arms i was just tattooed. about to say neck tattoo dude you know it's it's one of those things and i like to talk about tattoos i'm into it and like there's really like no real big point here but with it no but it's, it's just because it becomes a matter of like the book and its cover 
Yeah, right, you right, know, like right. If you look at if I looked at you and be like saw tattoos, like honestly, like if I saw your hand tattoos, I'd be like, man, eh, probably doesn't hunt. But if you were like, right, yeah, like if I saw you on a podium going like, let me tell you how you should track deer. That's what people are going to do. They're going to be like hand tattoos. Like he has no fucking clue what he's talking about. Yeah, no, hand you know, tattoos yeah. in Illinois. No clue what hand, he's talking I, about. I will say that hand Fair. tattoos do change the game, man. How you looked at like, it is. I, I made yeah. that jump and. We were we were talking about before the show, like getting a tattoo, even on his hands, just a tattoo where people can see it and you can't all hide the time, it. all the time. And big that's move. the thing; I don't regret big it. Move. It was a big jump for me. Um, for for any hunters out there, like thinking about getting a tattoo, you know, start up, start where your shirt covers it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I don't have a ton of tattoos. I have this is, a, this is the third time I've been in a show. This is the first time I've ever even noticed them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this kind of, I mean, that says a lot, actually, about who you are, though. Like, for yeah. real. Like, Here, I, I just because see my, it. My arms really, I don't even think I ever pay attention. I don't even know you had sleeves. Like, both, both my arms are tattooed. My whole chest is yeah. done. My ribs are done. I got a tattoo on my lip. Yeah. My You know, everything. But it's... Hey, I, but I want to, like... Because uh, I, I want to touch on a point that he brought up. You, you, you said when, when guys have tattoos... You know, he said, like, if he's on a podium. For me, I'm the exact An opposite. An archery podium, like... Top. Like... Yeah, yeah, like an art or like somebody who's put, uh, you know, to me, if if I see uh, anyone with tattoos, um, I, I guess just because uh, when I grew up, I grew up and I I started getting into like punk rock music and mm-hmm. knowing where these guys are, and a lot of them are tatted, and uh, you know, pro wrestlers started getting a lot more tattoos. You know, Harley Race did. So now, if I see a guy that's in some sort of level and they're like you know if i was watching the ted talks and the guy was tatted i'd be like i gotta listen to this guy because somebody who's gonna go in and uh, like i've got a couple tattoos I- i'd like to have more i just don't have the damn money but if i see somebody who is that passionate about what they like that they're gonna be able to put it on their sleeve then i'm like yeah i want to be listening to what that person says that's just the way that i grew up because again well, you're from a different era and i am from a different era and and you know for the older generation that's kind of well tattoos also say you're committed and passionate about and that is and, and that's what draws me to it and i think that's what and that is what started this uh podcast when i saw kurt, I have a broadhead tattooed on my finger you know what i'm saying yeah. like well when i saw kurt on you know uh twitter this is you guys have heard the story before I saw Kurt on Twitter. Guy had tattoos, engages, and he was shooting deer. And I'm like, dude, that's the shit that I want to associate with. I think that's awesome, man. Oh yeah, I do. I, I okay. All right, Patrick yeah. wrote me a note, and yes, the answer is yes to that. The uh, <laughs> it just says, do you know the descendants? The descendants are awesome. Oh, I've got a funny uh, Milo story. Coffee, to tell you. like. Mug, mug, mug. Um, no, but getting back and like trying to wrang- wrangle everything in, like, and that and that makes a difference. Is is a lot of people are in that. That's kind of where we're at as a foundation. Is like I was saying, like PTSD, TBI, which just stands for traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. Is that when you mention those topics, people immediately draw back. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, even like deployments. I remember when I was deploying on this last tour, my now wife was telling people, she's like, oh, he's going to deploy in two months. And they would look at me and go, oh, kind of like I told them, oh, he has cancer. And, and that's a stigma that, that we work with as the foundation of what's going on and why we do what we do is because, yeah, there's the Wounded Warrior Project and there's a lot of Wounded Warrior-style organizations. We cover a demographic where people miss, which is, you know, you've you've been deployed. 
That's our requirement. We don't care your theater. It's not post nine eleven. I don't care if you're in Korea, World War Two, Panama, the whole thing. You know, the the vet we're taking out in, in the Illinois turkey hunt, we went through like Iraq, Afghanistan, and like six other places. You know, and when you when you can deal with those, it makes it a lot different. Mm-hmm. Just like the tattoos that we're talking about, that's where we relate. I'm tattooed. You're tattooed. Mm-hmm. So like when you. When you tell me, like, I went to a store and this happened, I can relate to him. Like, yeah. Right. I know. I've been to places where people just immediately look at my tattoos and like, how the fuck could this guy know anything about computers? You know, when I've been in situations where I deal with a civilian counselor, which is where the VA will send you, and they'll go... I know what it's like. I know what you're going through. And I just looked at him and I'm like, you're fucking fired. Yeah, you don't know anything. Right. You know, when Gene, we take out... And, you know, he starts talking about the stuff he went through, you know, living in, like, really tight quarters in Iraq, even though I've never been to Iraq. You know, I could look at him and be like, dude, I know what that's like, you know, or how, like, tight your family is. Like, you as a right. civilian may have a super tight family. I guarantee you it's not as tight as a military family. I would, Yeah, I, I don't even know, you. but I would agree. But do you feel kind of in that – let me ask a somewhat deep question with that. Do you feel that um, – not only in your direction, so say for example, you and Gene went on this hunt. Is that some? Is it kind of a form of therapy for you to take these veterans on these hunts for you and for them? Type you know, of deal. You know, that's that's the the funniest thing about it is every every uh, vet I I was formerly with uh, that got out like once I I transferred to a different unit was like, oh man, I wish I was with you, and they wish they wouldn't have got out. Mm-hmm. Me personally being as I'm still associated with the military and helping them in different ways, I've never really felt that way. Like, I don't miss the stupid. I miss the guys that I was with. But, like, being with Gene, you know, and this is two different eras even, you know. Yeah, because you guys were in different. Yeah, you got, like, Gulf War One and, like, Afghanistan 2.0, you know. Like, you have, <laughs> yeah. right. you have two, times, different two different wars, th- different, two different, wars, two different and tactics. Can we, can we do this? I mean, we can go as long as I feel like we need without stretching out too long. Like, I want to kind of get in, and I don't want to – I want you to finish your point. I'm sorry I cut you off, but I, I wanted to bring this – I kind of want to talk about your guys' experiences and each – war if i guess and I, I don't know enough and i feel guilty about this i don't know enough about the military to even i feel uncomfortable talking about it because i feel like i'm gonna use the wrong terminology and offend someone so like i if you gotta go to the bathroom patrick go now oh, i gotta go yeah, no, we have in the pause button so all of us can go <laughs> hey let me hit the pause button we'll come back we're gonna it. hit the pause yeah. we'll to pause for all the right. cause be right back okay back from the bathroom break we are back in it Gene was going to make a point before, and we cut out. Gene, take it away. Yeah. I was kind of going to say, you asked a question, too, you know, as far as the camaraderie and experience of, you know, bringing veterans together and how we share, and even in different wars and stuff. Um, you know, and, and, and I look back, and you gotta you got to take this in factor, and it's a real trust thing. And this is something that is really deep-rooted, especially amongst us veterans. And, you know, I got asked. I met him this summer, and we, you know, I met my buddy there on a fishing thing, and we hit it off mm-hmm. and talked, and it was just a weekend of nature and communication and just friendship building, just out of realism, you know, and nothing more than that. A great weekend. So I get this text out of blue: "Hey, would you like to go on this hunt?" Absolutely, you know. Not only because I've never experienced, but it's also with a veteran, and you know, because I also knew it was an opportunity to start sharing, and for him to share, and both of us to start building bonds. You know, and get experiences out that we can share, mm-hmm. and that is it's therapeutic. A level of trust, too. right? So, and that's that was what I was really going to get to. Is okay. 
I don't know him, but I'm going to will drop my family, go out to Colorado with this guy, you know, on a hunt, something I've never done, sharing experiences and stuff. That's something that a veteran to veteran can really bond and experience and with complete strangers. You know, that, that's a just like you can with the hunting community and other hunters, you know, right, and bring right. them together. Hey, man, but that's, Brothers the of the that's the difference of having like a close family. Mm-hmm. Like I, I tell people like to me, I have a gigantic family I'm constantly meeting because of all the veterans that we run into. Like it doesn't matter your theater, your time, like whenever, like you, you, we have people walk up to us in a trade show and you're like, they're like, Oh, I was in the military. And like half of them were like, no, you weren't like, yeah, you were probably like the flunked out of like boot camp guy. You can just tell like they carry themselves just in a way, you know, it bugs my <laughs> wife. She's like, how do you see like all these like errors in the uniform? Like, well, when you live it, like you can see it immediately, but like just the way they carry themselves, like somebody comes up and says, I was in the military. You'd look at them and you're like, yeah, yeah, you probably were. Or no, you probably weren't. And that's a trust that you have because like, if you have like a really tight family, and I thought I had a really tight family before I joined the military, like, no, no, you don't. Like, these are people you live with, you shit with, you sleep with, you die with, you bleed with, you cry with. You're like, you know, Ralph Clarence, I was in a truck for literally 18 to 20 hours a day with three other people. I know every single thing there is about those other three people. Diedrich, that you, you work with, <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell you every single girlfriend he's ever had. I can tell you every heartbreak he's ever had. And he knows all of mine. That's the, how tight it is that you know, like, to where you get to a point where you literally, my first appointment, my TC, which is a truck commander, that's what that stands for, we could send full conversations back and forth to each other just by looking at each other not making facial expressions <laughs> not making hand gestures nothing we would just look at each other and we would have full conversations what you guys can't listen to the radio or anything over there oh we did that I figured how to wire our iPod into like our headset oh no shit oh yeah like we're just rocking out to Rage Against the Machine while we're just like trucking down the road boy <laughs> so, so, something to blow so, up oh, yeah, yeah so, you, so you probably don't want to go up and you know you spend enough time with these guys and I guess you know maybe if, you, if you're going to hunt deer or something you know you some of the guys you were riding in that uh humvee with uh correct terminology Dude, right? it's so similar like yeah you're just sitting up there and you can just look at him it's like oh dude he's thinking about uh beth his girlfriend we, you know we, is we, that no no I, we got we got interviewed by a magazine once and uh or a newspaper once and it wasn't until they asked me the question that i realized they're like well how does like hunting and veterans like mesh like how does that like work together and it was like well like Gene, let's take for example, you know he's going ten and a half hours away from his family. Well, more than that, it was ten and a half hours from Des Moines, so three hours. So he's like looking at thirteen and a half hours away mm-hmm. from his family with somebody he doesn't know at all. Like we're like, yeah, this is where we go out to Colorado and kill people. So <laughs> reminded me of this movie. It did. I can't remember. Yeah, what it was it's like but- we're going in the middle of nowhere. We got all kinds of alibis. Anyway, so he, you know, you do all that, and you're like, well, you're a veteran, so I, you just like. I believe in you. You know, that's kind of it. You know, so you you do all of that, and the the stuff that you like suck up, I guess, makes it like worth it. So you're like, you just kind of like hand in hand get what they're gonna do to where you're like, all right, well, this is what we're gonna do, and this is how we're gonna do it, and it's gonna go on. To where when, once it happens, you're just like, it's, it doesn't even matter anymore because you don't have to speak with each other. You don't have to like convey how it works at all. I feel like I forgot what the hell I was fucking talking about. TBI, <laughs> you know? dude. TBI. Like, what, what did you just ask? Like, what did you just say before I started talking? Oh, uh, dude, I got, I got a 
TBI, Tyrannic Bush Industry. Yeah. <laughs> what does that yeah, mean? I, uh, it means I had too many bush lattes. I forgot what the fuck I asked you and asked you. God, no, I, what I asked you was, uh, I was just, I, I was traumatic bush injury. <laughs> to, to mat, traumatic like bush that. ingestion. Intake. <laughs> Intake. Like traumatic that. bush, yeah. Injustion. Whatever. Here's a, no, what I was asking was like, you know, you spent, um, would you ever, the question I really want to ask is, would you take a guy like our buddy Alex or someone that you were over there with that you sat for, hours and hours a day you know total up the time more than you've even spent with any other human being on the planet go up in a tree stand with them and then have to sit oh, there for eight hours saying. Okay, you know what i mean I got it. now i got it yeah that, that was where it came about was you're so you have you have to put your trust in someone else so you believe in it you have a common enemy you have a common goal and it, it, it actually is so similar to deployments that it's it's ridiculous because it it all works toward getting toward that same thing, you know. Uh, something like Alex, like, like, you know, when I first met him, we didn't get along, and by the time we went through like this last appointment, like, like I would, it's one of those things you can't get. Like, you'll do like, man, I have really good friends, and and people joke like, when you need something, that's when you really find out your friends. Like, I know, okay. like, like that guy specifically, Alex Dietrich. I could be like, hey, man, you know, he lives here in Illinois and I live in Iowa. Yeah, you want to drive past his house? I know where he lives. Yes. Okay. And uh, <laughs> yes. I, was, I was at his wedding. And ah. I could send him a text message just be like, dude, I'm getting my ass kicked right now. And he'll be like, I'm on the way. You know, like, and I know that my, my first unit, my first unit was in Wisconsin. Hope that ass whoopings lasted more yeah. than two and, and a half and, hours. And here's the thing of it. Like, it, even Gene, Gene can attest to this from his units. And people like, you know, like, they're not going to get there in time, obviously. You know, like, being, like, four or five hours away. But I guarantee when they get there, somebody's ass is going to pay for that. Like, they will find who did it, and they will mm-hmm. do it. And, they will, and it doesn't even matter what you did wrong. Like they're you, not going back empty-handed. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> – they're, they're not coming. Like, And that's the way it is right now. Like, there's there's a, a group of guys right now. Like, every year we get together, we were actually just talking about it yesterday, about we all got blown up together, and every year they're from Wisconsin, so we either go to a Brewers game or we go to a Cardinals game, and it's when they play each other. So we either go to St. Louis or Milwaukee, and this year it's Milwaukee, and we're talking about the time frame of when we're going to go. And those guys alone, like one of them is his name, Steve O. He cares about nothing. He really does not. I mean, like you could be like, dude, I bet you can't, and he's going to go do it. Savage, yeah, <laughs> Steve O. The know, savage. I've watched him grow up and become a man, and I admire him now because he has become very successful. So his own construction company is just awesome. But like those guys. I know I can count on. I have civilian friends. I wouldn't leave my dog with. <laughs> like, and, that, and that, that, that's not like that says a lot, though. Yeah, hey, I'll, yeah. T- I'll tell you which category I fall into. That, Don't bring your dog over to my house. That's not a testament to you guys. It's not, it's, you it's couldn't just, take care of a fucking casserole. It's like I know. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it like it like it like actually chokes me up. It like makes me like tear because I know I that like if something happens that like those guys would take care of it. You know, like if the worst came to worst and something happened to me, I know that. So short story long story short so like the last short story long yeah no i got it last deployment i get blown up really good and is it uh, really good 
Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, because that's a, the, uh, the, uh, the sorry, cat sorry, that we sorry. had on was like, he's talking, it's like, yeah, we're in a pretty good firefight. Like, yeah. what, what, when well, you say that, is that like so really got, bad? No, I'm sorry. Okay, so here's the you difference. Got, you between, got blown up. <laughs> See, I got to hear this. Thank you for trying to clarify, Steve, because I'm like pretty good. Yeah, I got here, here, here's, pretty good. Here's the, here's the civilian military life. It's like, so like, when they're like, oh, there's a possibility of war, civilians are like, Ooh man, do we really want to go to war? Do we really want to send these people? Which is a valid, great way to concern, think it. right? If you're in the military, you're like, "Fuck yeah, we're going to the military." Oh hell yeah, let's go kick the shit out of it. So <laughs> like, get tired when, of doing like it. when I got out, it was like just prior to the election. So like, I had the option, like, do you want to stay? Do you want to go? And like, the election obviously was looking like, well, it's probably going to go the other way. And I was like, no, not going to happen. I'm not going to be like, this is ridiculous. They they like stupid. Like once. You know, Trump won. I was like, fuck. I was like, I already decided I'm getting out. And I was already out. I'm like, shit, we're going to actually get to go play again. Like, if you're in the military. <laughs> go play. Yeah. And, that, and that's the Jesus. thing. It's like, it's like, if you're a civilian, you're like, when civilians went like. Oh. Can I write that as a show note? Trump equals go play again. Yeah. Because people are like. <laughs> let's oh. go play great again. People are like, oh, shit. Like, let's not have war. People die. And that happens. That's true. But if you're in the military, like. You basically don't join a team to sit on the fucking bench. Like, you're like, let's do our job. Like, training is fun for only so long. After that, let's go fucking play war. Let's yeah. That's training. Also, military, you don't join a team to sit on the fucking bench. Yeah. Put that in the... <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I'm not here because I didn't fucking join all this shit because I'm like, oh, wow, it's really cool to do the stateside and play with blanks. Let's go unleash the dogs of war and let's have at it. Like... Just like cage fighting. We were talking about cage fighting earlier. Like, mm-hmm. you take your best, we'll take our best, and let's just fucking have at it. Well, it's you right now. You blew up two of our buildings. We're going to blow up two of your fucking countries. Let's fucking have at it. <laughs> so, and that's what we did. Just punching countries in jaws left and right. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Hey, which, which country is most glass jaw right I now? I mean, and... <sighs> <laughs> is there anybody more than French ever? Oh, come on, oh. dude. They're all right. Dude, they give us fries. All right. <laughs> Get out of here. They give us your croissant. <laughs> Which Bullshit. country? They give, it, they give us dude, fries. We, we know shit. We know shit. The French were in the, in Afghanistan while we were there. And, like, we're standing in, in a chow hall line. It was me and this other guy who was a big, huge fucking former Marine dude. I mean, like, six... W- Whatever and just huge, <laughs> and I mean whatever. I basically followed him around like a puppy because I'm like, you're just fucking huge and angry. I love you, and like no shit. We're like in line, and these French guys in front of us, and they've got these like it's called a bullpup. It's a it's actually a type of like AR basically, but the magazine is behind the handguard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're all weird looking for shit. He's and so like. This is a total side story, but like he grabs it and he's like, "Can I see that for a second? And the French guys are, like, "Oh, sure, monsieur." <laughs> and so he's looking at it, and I'm like, "I'm just watching him because I don't know what he's gonna do." And I'm just like, "Oh," and he's like looking at it, and he gets all like this quizzical look on his face, and he's like looking at it, and like even like looks on the barrel, you know. And we're like, "What the fuck is this?" And he's like, "Oh, what the fuck?" And he finally hands it back to the French guy. And he's like. I don't get it. And they're like, what is that, Mr. American? He's like, where's the white fucking flag come out of? (laughs) Oh, my God. So I'm like immediately like slowly stepping behind him like, oh, this is going to be fun. And the French guys did absolutely nothing. It was like they didn't even get it or they were like, well, we're not going to fuck with that huge dude. (laughs) I was just like, oh. So so either they didn't get it or they actually threw up the white flag. They 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 definitely fucking got it. They didn't have the white flag. So, anyway, so, you, so you had this like <clears throat> warmonger 
was what the you know the left will say. You're like, oh, you're a warmonger. You're going to go fight. And I'm like, no. Like, you have to go out and you have to at some point go like, hey, it's time to like lay down line. It's no different than this this summer. My nine-year-old son's getting picked on by the neighborhood bully. My 12-year-old daughter tells him multiple times, stop. And he doesn't, so what's she do? She punches him in the face. Oh, <laughs> man, she beats the brakes off his he ass. He cries, runs home, and the next thing I know, I got a mom outside of my front of my house threatening no shit to press charges like, on fine, my twelve year old daughter. Good luck, she's a minor. Yeah. So like so anyway, so I talked to her like I was just talking to her the other day about this actually. I'm like, so has he screwed with you lately? And she's like, No, I'm like, damn right, he ain't gonna screw with you ever again. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I would I would totally be like press charges. Like, yeah, press charges. I want the world to know that your kid, your son got beat up by my daughter. I will yeah, I will bail like, her out of jail. It's but, ridiculous. But so, we're, I, I I wanted the wanted to kind of transition in, into something if I could. Um, you know, you guys obviously um, have gone through a lot. You know, veterans, like you said, you you just get it when you look at a vet. Like you get it. You know, you know what they at least there. went through boot camp. Yeah. So when you're going through the the heroes hunting show, and um, you know when when you are successful. What is that experience like? I mean, obviously, you know, there's there there's a difference between completing a mission is is one thing, but like being able to be at home comfortable. Obviously, you know, you got your own shit that's going on, but when it's just you guys, two guys that have been the brothers of the struggle, who've been through the shit and you harvest that animal, like is that any different than before you went into the military? Totally, totally so different. what what is that experience it, like it's, then? It's 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 so amazing. I've gotten to a point now because, like, my personal hunting time is, like, at a premium now. Like, you know, even with my kids, like, we really don't get them much, so I'm, I'm scheduled so much on these hunts that are going on. But when you can go out and and the best part about the shows that we have is that, like, half of the stuff that is amazing, I can't air. You know, it's like Gene and I were talking about, the stuff that you thought was funny on deployment or in military <laughs> life, you know, like... Or shit you've said on the podcast. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, the, the stuff that you... The, the, I know specifically stuff we've... Gene and I have exchanged. I'm like, if you told that to your mom or your wife or your friend, they'd be like, you're a freaking sociopath, dude. Because you thought <laughs> it was funny. They're just not going to get it. They're not right. going to get it. Right. But so... And when you go through it, and like, oddly enough... I don't know why it is we after so we started this in 2013 we're going so like we're going into the fifth year right now mm-hmm. we're in like high 90s percentage wise of success there's a, there are very it's impressive oh yeah it's, it's very me, impressive. to me it's amazing because I'm like there there are very few haunts we've ever been on that were not successful and some of it was like the person never hunted that species before so they get it like Real quickly, one was like a marine. We're hunting turkeys. We go through all the effort, you know. Like we get out there, and like I'm like, they're right there, you know. They're like gobbling like 20 yards from us, and this marine looks at me. He's like, like I'm like, they're right there. I'm pointing. You know, he looks at me. He's like, I know, I can hear them. And I'm just like, ah! <laughs> not anymore. They're gone, you know. But but so so when it happens, it's just like it used to be like. You know, like this year, like I was very unsuccessful, like personally as a hunter, but my daughter got one. Uh, all the vets we took out got one. And it was like, so basically I shot like six deer 
and then a pronghorn too, and so a couple turkey because I didn't personally pull the trigger, but I helped get them into the position where they're mm-hmm. at, working with landowners and outfitters, and just me personally knowing how to hunt. That 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 has become more rewarding to me than actually putting the stuff on there. You know, you know, and and we work with so many different believe. There's actually surprisingly so like Gene's pronghorn was killed in Colorado. It's actually being uh, mounted in Wisconsin by a taxidermist who like does pronghorn, which I never would have guessed. Like specializes in it. Yeah, like he does like deer, but he's like oh, this pronghorn. He's done he's done pronghorns before, and he does it for free, and it's just like. You you start getting this outpouring of like paying it forward. That guy's not a veteran either, and he's actually a W amputee and not a veteran. No shit. Yeah, like it's. It, I mean, just you look at it and you're like, there's so much good stuff that goes on that it, it like that's. I, mean, I, I keep saying this it's become redundant, but it's like there's so many different things of like what's going on that become like, well, that's a whole two hour podcast, and that's a two hour <laughs> podcast, right. and that's a two hour podcast. Right. That I, I try that's, not- a, that's the beauty and the shitty thing about podcasting is like there's so many avenues of topics uh, and conversation we could right. branch like, out like into. Like if I was but- listening to this, I'd be like, dude, I would sit down for like a night of drinking and like talking to these people because there's like so many different things I would ask and do and and I, I yield to Gene because I'm I'm talking to. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, a, a takeaway from all of it. Um, it's it's a dip like we talk about the different level of the trust and stuff and getting there but was a real reflection for me not only just being in the the serene just beautiful area and the nature of the hunt and the thrill um just all the different sharing that we were having and 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 it goes back to the ptsd and the and the silent war <clears throat> and, I, and i want to share a piece of that because you wanted to ask the question about our different wars and experiences yeah and stuff yeah as well definitely but um it was it was actually to experience a teamwork together that I think being previous military that we had a different connection on as far as coordinating and and, and going to the hunt and, and scouting and then finding out where they're at and getting to plan A to plan B. Okay, now we're stuck. What now? And it was just kind of like it was a, a sequence yeah. that we did a dance that we knew without ever being hunting together because right, of yeah. some of our just different experiences, you know, and our deployments and stuff. It's an outstanding and, episode to start the whole season with. I mean, it was just, it, we decided to film in a different way, and and it just, it just it was, I, I just cannot, it was a great way to start. It was just, there's no words to go into it. Like, you watch it, and you're like, everything that goes on through it, like to me personally, I was there, and as mm-hmm. I watched the edited version of what I put together, I'm just like I can watch it repeatedly. I'm just like, wow, this is a, an awesome hunt because you, you go through it and you you <laughs> see you see the fighting, you see the breeding, you see the struggles, the ups and downs. You know, it was just even at the end, you know, we we literally were just like, eh, whatever, nothing's gonna happen for the rest of the hunt, and then all of a sudden, just everything explodes. But it didn't even matter if I shot one. It didn't. Just by the fact of like when we started off seeing the the, the sunrise and those the, that buck and those does mating, and then the rest of the day, man, well, day, fighting day, and nonstop. And day one in Colorado, and, we're out there and we're just like, I'm like, hey, this is where we're gonna hunt, and this is where we're gonna originally sit, and two of them walk right up to us. 
the day before the <laughs> season starts, and they literally walked straight. You guys to show us. that in the episode. They yeah. were running, yeah, they yeah. were running that hard, and I think they were so curious to see what we were because they were on sure. the cruise to start crawling up these does because that's what they did the whole next day was built a harem, and then these two bucks they. I think they together put their harems together, and then they started fighting each other to see who's going to be the master. I love you taking you out there just, just to see it, and and that's the thing too with the Billheimer family. He's like, I can go like, all right, this is the vet I picked, and oh yeah, there's like these three dudes that want to come and just watch. Yeah, <laughs> they'd be totally for it. They'd be like, okay, yep. like well, that just means we got to make a bigger dinner. I mean, they're just I cannot give enough props to the Billheimer family and their friends. I mean, just just epic. Like I've watched their their niece nikki well, actually she's not even related she's a friend of the family mm-hmm. i've watched her grow up and and do everything i mean it's just the family itself like you guys could literally come out with us next year as long as you travel behind us and are willing to drive an extra 12 hours and it'd be worth it like you would do it you could do your podcast the whole time to it from <laughs> like you once you meet the billheimer family you'd be like you know what there is in america and these people are it like you- Dude, and that's the that's the thing that you know we t- I, I talked about on the uh, on the earlier uh, Facebook Live and Instagram Live um, that we did. But I, like, I, I always want to give back, and I, I, I was talking to you about you know PTSD, and I was like, dude, I want to give back because like to me, I, I saw some stuff, and you're like, I was like that tugs on my heartstrings. I want to be able to help out with that, and you're like, dude, it's a lot deeper than that. Um, I want to be because we get we got a nice platform. I want to help out as much as I can. And I was just kind of thinking about this uh, through the whole podcast. You know, you said the 22 a day. I mean, that's 22 guys that, you know, maybe one of them, you know, if they would have got hooked up with you, you know, who knows? Maybe they something could have changed their life, you know, if they would have gotten a hunting or anything. And it just, it's, it's the what ifs. And I, w- I want to put a what if out there. And this is going to be huge. Uh, what if us as the wor- the working class bow hunter and we all kind of teamed up with everybody we know? What if, uh, what if we raised twenty two thousand dollars for Pat to help out? You. What I mean, what if? I mean, do, is it is it possible? Should we start trying? I mean, I, I want to start trying. I figure. I know, love what you're saying right now, but I know you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, you can't commit to a, a 10 a.m. meeting. No, 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 you can't. No, so it, don't make broken no, promises. The, the, the 22 a day, like if you can raise the money, it's, it's really like literally, it is the awareness. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 like it, it's a cliche to say it's cliche, but it is. Steve can barely commit through a whole poop. Well, it's no, it's, it's because, <laughs> yeah. I gotta give up. Just knock the top layer off. It's what we were talking about off air. Is like you. What I was trying to say was like you look at uh, the twenty-two a day, and then I look at what I have gone through and struggles with like the VA, and I'm in a good VA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that they're underfunded, understaffed, and I go in there with low expectations every time I go. But I know that they're not on the list of like, oh, this is a horrible VA. You know, it's Des Moines, Iowa. They're actually pretty good. But I go in there with extremely low expectations every time I go. I know I'm like, this is going to take all day. I don't care. You know, if it takes an hour, fucking sweet. <laughs> if it takes 12, that's kind of what I figured. That's you a know, trip but, to Colorado, yeah. But you look, at, you look at, like, you know, it took me four years to get them to even acknowledge that I had a sleep problem. You know, and, like, I was at a point where, like, 
I would wake up every day more tired than the day before because I wasn't sleeping. You know, it took me four years to get a sleep machine, like a CPAP machine. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And, and then you look at the 22 a day and you you realize, like, these are people that were like, you know what? It's never going to get better. Can't Boom. And you're like, I get it. You know, as sadly as it is, you're like, I get why you did what you did. You know, I've lost multiple guys from the two. So 2010 to 11 and then 12 to 13, it was uh, the two deployments I was in. I basically took a year off. I did two tours in three years. And I've lost guys from suicide since that. And you look at it and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm horrified that I lost you. And I'm horrified that I didn't call you or you didn't call me. Because one of them we actually identified. And that breaks my heart. But then I look at it and I'm like, you know, I get why what you did. Mm-hmm. It's because you saw, you know, I will always put the mission first. Well, then the mission was completed. And then you also look at like in the military, Gene can attest to this, is like you're never broken. Something happens, they're like, rub dirt on it, drink water. Motor and drive on. You know, like, as an airborne, too, he'll totally get this. Like, our pro staff, Sergeant Ski, was an airborne, 182nd, he was an 82nd airborne. He broke his back once in a fall, you know. It's like he still completed the mission with a broken back. Holy fuck. That's the type of military aspect. you. That's why the military people you have, you're like, holy shit, let them go do their job. Because, like, if they'll do that with a broken back, imagine what they'll do healthy. Yeah. Right. Wow. And so... Right. So they, they get it. Well, then they identify, hey, I'm broken, which is hard. Like, you will never identify you're broken. That's where PTSD and TBI, like, it's hard to go, like, I'm broken. I need help. And so when you run into that position, you run into a, a, that same type of thing that happens where they go, you're like, you know what? Like, I'm broke, and it's not going to get better. And they're just like, bang, it's over. Or, like, the mission's completed. Bang, it's over. And you get to where you can rationalize, like, I get why they did what they did. Like, you know, every day I woke up, I was more tired than the day before for four years. Four years. You know, if I didn't have the support structure I have in my family, if I didn't have the belief that, like, this will finally event. I basically took money out of my own pocket to sleep study and took that to the VA and said, look, this proves I have a sleeping disorder. You know, if you don't have that and you're just like, it's never going to get better, you look at the suicide rate and you're like, I get it. As a veteran, I'm like, I totally get it. It doesn't make it right. Like, I get it. You get where it's coming from. And and that's where when you look at the 22 a day and you're like, this is disgusting. You know, because like, and then you look at like, oh, we support the troops and everything. You're like, look at these people. Look at the homeless veterans. Look at homeless veterans. That alone is just like, these people, we signed a check. We did. Before mm-hmm. we even left, we were like, we left the like the payable to, that's America, the amount blank, and then we signed it. And then we're just like, you know what? That's what I'm willing to give you. I'm willing to give you a blank check, payable to and exceeding my life just for that. And then you come home and you're like, hey, I was willing to do all of this for you and to have your country... You know, it's not as bad as, like, the Vietnam. Vietnam, they're, like, getting spit on, like, changing your Yeah, like, coming home and you're right, just... Right. You like, even now, and- but even now you come home, like, Afghanistan, Iraq, and now Syria. Like, there's a lot of shit going on in Syria, like, people don't know, but I unfortunately do. And you're like, that's that check that you still signed. And, like, you hold it and you're like, these people were willing to, to risk and 
their lives and come home and be like injured and you're shit on. Like Yeah, that's yeah. So think and, think, and, think and, of all the like the social service stuff that goes on right now, you know, yeah. and you're just like and all you did was like survive. These people like actually went and were like, Hey, shoot at me for a while or like you know there, there's so much stuff that goes on, you know, even like drone pilots, they never even leave. They stay in St. Louis, but they got to like live with like, this, this has been approved and we're going to shoot it. And it may or may not have been friendly fire. And now they got to live with right, their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you you're know, fucking why, people and, up one way yeah, or another. That's why we do the bed shout out. Cause we love, I mean, everything you guys and that, do. Yeah, and, and that's, that's why like we're going to incorporate uh, it with you guys. And like, are, we have a military, but man, I feel like that our vet shout out. It's not, it's not shit. It's not enough, man. But what else? No, do you it is. And that's, the, and that's the thing is like, you, you could say like, Oh, you know what? Like so-and-so is like never enough. And that's not it. It's just the awareness. And like, mm-hmm. we're dealing with like, like every theater, I mean, you know, we've had like an Iraqi vet, an Afghani vet. By theater, a, a you mean Vietnam like different vet. branches of military? No, the not war. the branches, but different a war. wars. Okay. Like a war is okay. a theater. So, like, I didn't know that, so I figured no, it out. No, no, that's fine. That that's either. fine. It's better that you ask than just assume. Okay. Um, but like you have all of those. We had them all in a different camp, like five different theaters. And nobody ever like debates like, oh, why well, you had a worse enemy, you know, like Afghanistan mm-hmm. or Syria or Iraq. You just kind of, they all naturally progress backwards. Mm-hmm. You're like, take a Vietnam vet versus an Iraqi vet. Mm-hmm. Just that alone. I was never in Iraq. I was in Afghanistan. But, like, just those two alone. You know, in Iraq, they had armored vehicles, armored vests, drones, night vision. You know, like, you look at Vietnam, and we all look back, and we're like, you guys had green jackets? <laughs> yeah. And literally a helmet. That was good for only boiling water. It wouldn't even stop a freaking bullet. Damn. And you're in the jungle. So we just look at them and we're like, in the military world, we're just like, well, you just the ones before you, you just automatically turn. And you're just like, salute, dude. You're like the right. shit. Hey, every time I see and like a like Vietnam uh, stuff, I, and maybe this is just because, you know, me growing up and when I got to the age of ARs. Every time I see, like, Vietnam movies and stuff, I'm always like, man, how the fuck did those guys shoot those without, like, six points? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no know, kidding. Well, you gotta, you gotta remember, like, like, in Vietnam... You get a standard rifle. Here's the thing that a, lot of, a lot of people of your generation don't understand. It's like, Vietnam, M16 is just getting into service. Yeah. Helicopters are just getting into service. And thrown into the bay. They're in a jungle <laughs> where they don't even know what the hell's going on, and the enemy has lived their entire life. I mean... Fuck, and you're you're halfway across the world. God damn, that's deep. with a country that doesn't believe you should even be there. Mm-hmm. Everything's against you. Well, at that we point. got we got oh, a couple everything. we got a couple of them at work, and it's just it's just crazy to hear the stories that they tell. Like, oh, it's how it's did a, you even live through that? Shit, you know? It's terrific. And then yeah, you, look, I have some uncles that served in Vietnam, Vietnam veterans, like wounded veterans. I just, but it's always been I didn't know much about it. Don't ask right. a question. Just kind of don't. We, don't, we don't were touch on the topic. Type we of thing. it was like the first year I think we had like actually like been together maybe the second, and we had two Vietnam vets come up to us at a trade show, and they were you know they were in like vests like normal like motorcycle vets that you see right sure. oh yeah like the leather vest uh, they walked straight up to me because I'm I'm always I'm always usually standing in front of like and our booth is usually one of the most. Uh, popular booths of the mm-hmm. like the trade shows that we go oh, yeah. to. Oh, yeah. We can attest to that. Oh, yeah. Because you get, like, vets, and we just start talking, like, yeah, let's tell some fucking war stories. And these two Vietnam vets, I, I will never forget them. He walks straight to me and goes, you're welcome. 
That was what he said to me. Let's like how he introduced himself. And I was just like, who the fuck are you? You're you know? welcome, young blood. I yeah, I'm just like, man, I got a, I got my cab. I got a purple heart. Like, what the fuck are you talking oh, about? shit. And I'm like, all right, I'll bite. I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he goes, if we wouldn't have went through what we went through and fought for what we fought for, you would not have the services you have now. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's the saddest thing about being a veteran now. It has absolutely nothing to do with like, oh, the country's more patriotic or oh, they want to take care of the vets. They do not want to have another group of people that are Vietnam vets. That's the biggest fear of our leadership and our governors and whatnot. They do not want that to happen because that falls on them to where they go, oh, we didn't take care of our vets. Mm. So when you see the news article where like so-and-so veteran shot himself in the parking lot of the VA. Yeah. Right, right. And here's the thing, too. and, And you can do this. I don't know what the VAs are around here. Just do this. Find a free time, which I know we all have like very little of. Go to your local VA and just walk in. That's all I want you to do. I don't want you to talk to anybody. I don't want you to see anything. I don't want you to have like be disturbed. Like you know, if you walk into the Iowa VA, like above the door it says, "Here is where you'll see the price of freedom," which is to me is very powerful. And it's just like in the door, like above the door. I don't want you to see any of that. What I want you to see is. Like, if you go into the Iowa VA, you will see a million-dollar art sculpture sitting in the the concourse of it. I'm like, what the fuck mm-hmm. do we need a million-dollar art sculpture for when a million dollars could cover how many veterans medical Exactly. Right. You know, to me, that's, like, that's the thought process I have is, like... Mm-hmm. But then you walk past blowing. that through this broken entrance wing. Yeah. And it opens up to all these, you know, sitting areas and stuff. You know how many and times... that's where you see... You know how many times I've been apologized to... <laughs> By the staff at a VA when I go to a VA, every single time I go, by every single person, I'm like, we're sorry that it took so long. We're sorry that, you know, like everything. I'm like, ma'am or sir, whoever you are, you know, like, you're just taking my blood draw. Like, it's not your fault. I get it. Right, like, right, right. This is government bureaucracy, like, at its finest. But, like, you know, you, it's, and I don't think any person is better than another or, like, Oh well, like you joined the military, so like you deserve like a special treatment. I don't like. It's very hard for me to be like, oh, do you have a, a veterans discount? Like I ask for that very seldomly because I'm like, who fucking cares? Like, yeah, you chose to do that. That's on you. But you know, to go to a place like Home Depot in Des Moines, no military discount. You know, Farmers what? Fleet. Farmers Fleet has a huge mural that says "Duty, Honor, Country," and like. American flag in Ankeny, Iowa, who are currently battling, no military discount. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had it out with them. I'm like, how do you put that on your store? And then but don't honor anything. Nothing. But, like, you go to a place like Lowe's, and they're like, yeah, we have a military discount. I'm like, sweet. You all know, day. Like, <laughs> like, all fucking day. Like, they just they just saw my arm because I have a sleeve that's, like, American flag and American shit. And they're like, you must be in the military. I'm like, yep. No yep. shit. Good, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, here, wait, wait, we need to get that discount. Let me take that price scanner yeah, and scan I mean, your like, arm. Sure, it's like, it's basically everywhere you go, it's essentially 10%, which is a senior discount. But, like, you know what? That shit counts. It's just right. one way of a company to say, like, you know what? We appreciate you. We can't do everything, but thanks. Because I understand business. I'm a businessman myself. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you guys have like uh, working class bow hunter shirts. You know, <laughs> yeah. like we were saying earlier. I'm we like, were talking about this earlier. Yeah, yeah we were right there. Yeah. Friends and family are going, like, dude, man, hook me up with a shirt. And you're like, yeah, well, it kind of costs money to fucking right. make them. 
You know, like that's the thing. People are like, "Hey, let me get a shirt." I'm like, "Yeah, I pay for my own shirt." Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. We, we do the wrong we, shit. We do the same thing. And we too. we tried to hit you with that military discount. Like, hey, yeah. Then we're you're like, no, no, no. And you gave us that same thing. Like, you're like, dude, I'm, I'll never I'm forget, a man. man. That's why I'm like, I'm like, how much are your sweatshirts? Because I want one. I want to wear it. I'm like, don't even give me this shit about like, oh, we're just gonna give you one because I know that it costs money to make them. But that's what mad, mad respect though, because remember, I don't know if you remember this or not. In the mix of all of us, like lineup podcast, people getting tased last oh, year. Oh, I remember I was, this. Like, I was like, hey, I'm going to buy another hat. My hat's like, it's dirty. Like, I just want another fresh one. You're like, dude, you can wash your hat, save your money. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll buy another one. You're like, no, don't buy one. I won't. You, you remember? Yeah. You're like, I won't take your money. I'll just give you a shirt if you want to buy something. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll just wash my hat. <laughs> hey, didn't we, uh, didn't we end up, because uh, I thought you bought that Tyler, hat or something. Our buddy Tyler rocks one all the time. No, it's I, I, I thought lives. you ended up buying that hat. You waited for Patrick to go. I think he bought one. I don't, I don't mean to brag, but... Th- those hats are freaking like people love those. Oh, they're nice. They're awesome. And people dude. love those logo. Like, the logo is hilarious. The because, flex fit because the logo is like a huge conversation starter. No, yeah, it's the like logo a dog is the with shit. a military helmet and antlers. People are like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Can we kind of awesome. talk about? You know, I don't want to. I don't know even know how to approach this um, in the correct way. So I guess I'm just gonna do it. Um, like, this is kind of what I was saying earlier before we took our break. Is I don't even know like the correct terminology. I don't know how to really talk to people that are military veterans with with respect. I don't want to sound. I don't want to be offensive, first of all, and I don't want to be come off ignorant. Okay, yeah, spit wave, it out. Wave me on. <laughs> I kind of want to hear some uh, a story from each of you guys because you guys are both from different oh, yeah. um, theaters. Is theaters, that correct? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Like Gene, starting with you, man. Mad respect. When I was a pretty much a baby, you were out doing man shit. Airborne you shit. Know, is, is that jumping on airplanes and you're jumping off of school bus? So Airborne I, death. Let me ask this for a lot of listeners that don't have <laughs> um, military experience with people they know or whoever they talk to. Um, is it offensive to ask for a story no. about no. your experience? No. Over it's, it's how many people? No, you because kill. you do it in the context of like <laughs> having spoke for a while. Um, and not to cut you off, and then you can go right into that, and I'll I'll step out of the way. <laughs> is a lot of times too though. You have people like, oh, tell me about this, tell me about that. And I personally would be like, no. Like, you don't deserve to hear this story. Right. That's yeah, nope. my choice like, to filter what I'm going to tell. Yeah, like, I can Is decide. it because it's just too upfront? Like, oh, tell me a story. Like, well, yeah, yeah, you get people who are like, oh, wow, is it like Hurt Locker? And like, yes, it's just like Hurt Locker. Hollywood has got it perfectly set. See, like, I don't even oh, know. I've, I've never seen Tatum. Tatum. Or, like, yeah. let me ask this, too, and, and this is one thing I don't want to ask, but I feel like it should be asked. The, uh... And I've, I'm almost hesitant to even say it, and I'm asking hypothetically, and out. I don't expect an answer. Have you ever killed anybody? Body yeah, counts, you bro. Get that, you get that a lot. Like people, want, as soon as people ask that, you're just like, yeah, we're done talking. You know, right, like, that's right. Just that's what I assumed that question would be, and I never actually asked that, but I figured this that would be no. a topic for conversation, as yeah. in, yeah, you ask it or no, you don't, and that's where it can end. The, big, the bigger issue is like... You know what I'm saying, though? Like people who don't know, you're like... like Obviously, like you you were like confused about even the word theater. Yeah, because like, I don't know. You know? One, once I hear that, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll answer anything you want, because obviously you don't know. Well, and I was is. honest that I don't know. Yeah, and, and it's when people are like honest. When people are just like, oh, like I watch Hurt Locker, that must be the way the military life is. You're like... <laughs> Okay, I don't even know what Hurt Locker is, I'll be honest. Or, like, they're like, oh, Lone Survivor? Wow, you must be, like, amazing. You're Wasn't like, that a Wahlberg movie? Yeah. Which is actually did. really good. It's real. it's, Wasn't, I didn't see it. It's pretty good. Is it good? Yeah. It's, it's, it's only good because of the, the kid who looks like he wants to kill you. I know that doesn't make sense, but... 
Uh, Gene, the, the Gene, dude, Gene's like, oh yeah, I totally. Okay, get so it. <laughs> just bef- before I totally take this over, and Gene takes over, like, the, here, here's the thing about Lone Survivor, and the, and the, most everybody should have seen it because of the, of the money that it made. But like, there's there's Mark Wahlberg, and there's other actors, and actually, like, uh, Terrell is in it. Like, you probably don't know it. Oh, know. oh, that's uh, yeah, all right. It, I, it's ringing, but yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Okay, but, like, okay. The person who should get an award in that movie is the kid <clears throat> who is the sheep herder's son that actually turns him in, like runs down the mountain, and like, oh, that's American soldiers up there. Only because of this, like, you've ran into people you've met in your life where you're like, they don't like me. Like, you look at him, you're like that person. You tell them every day of my life. Yeah, you're just like, they're just like <laughs> that. Per- you know, like people you work with or people that are on the street, you're like, that person doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. You've never ran into, as a civilian, a person who wants you to die. Look like, wishes you. you were dead. Mm. And so, like, we even joke. Like, we're out in, de- so we're on deployment and we're on the ground. We're talking with, we're in with the locals. You mix in, you'll see them, like, drive by or walk by, and you see these, like, locals specifically in afghanistan because that's my experience you're just like yeah that's probably taliban and you look at them and they look at you and they give this look of like i want you to die you've never seen it i think you just gave it to me actually. no no you've never seen it you've never seen it in your life because like i can't even do it because i don't want you to die yeah like but you see it and you're like we would joke like on the ground we're like yeah that's there's a truck full of taliban right there because like you they just give you this look the kid in that movie gives that look. Really? Like, yeah. Like, it made me, like, I, like, clutched the seat in the theater. My wife even noticed it. Like, I changed. Like, it gives you this, like, you, you cannot replicate it. That's why I was like, that kid needs an award. It, it takes, like, five seconds in the movie. But he gives this look, and you're just like, that dude wants you dead. And really? You, unless you've experienced it, you've never seen it. And so, is that how you guys pass time over there? Just like joking, like when you said we wouldn't get it, just like, hey man, did you see that guy? Yeah, like, yeah, we we bought coffee. No, no, oh, he wanted me dead. Too. No, no, hey, it's way you. worse than that. Like we, like me and my vice president Duds on the last appointment, we'd speak Spanish to him. You know, like oh, oh, cómo estás, mi bien, ah, no, no, oh, buen día, no, and they'd be like, oh, no, speak English. I'm like, oh, no English, oh, me neither. You know, like oh, español, no, come in, and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's funny as shit. Oh, we, I mean, you gotta find ways to entertain yourself, and oh, that's how sure. it works. But uh, the, Gene can tell you like his experiences. His are different than mine. He was in a totally different theater than I was in. He was in Iraq. He was airborne. Death from above, man. Death like, from above. Well, Gene, I know yeah, there's bro. probably a thousand stories, like, and I wish we had time to go through them all, but, like, I guess and maybe just cover one that, like, sticks out to you the most or one that, I mean, whatever you want to take it, wherever you want to go, I don't want to... Like I said, ours ours was a whole... I don't want to tap into anything super... Per- I mean, you take it where oh, you want, man. Yeah, it, it, and it don't matter, like I said. We, we, we've learned to filter... You know how much we want to share or don't share mm-hmm. but you know like going on a trip and stuff when we get together and we're out in nowhere and stuff and then we just you know we can get talking seamlessly and stuff you sure. know and, and you get a different comfort level sometimes well i mean because, i'm sure you're more comfortable talking about yeah. patrick than you are with us so yeah because in the whole you, public you get morbidity here yeah you get morbidity is is i guess is i don't know there's no sense of way to put that and it's a sick way to understand it but uh you know, there were several experiences different than, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, from, you know, Vietnam. Uh, 
which was from the jungle to the desert. Mm-hmm. And same thing. We went over this place with completely different gear, uh, untested and in a dirty environment, the unknown, you know, in the desert with the heat, uh, that nobody's ever been over there and fought the war yet, you know. So, heck, we were the first ones to advance over there, then stuck up in the front lines, you know, just waiting. Okay, what's happening now? Learning about Iraqi triangles and their different tank brigades, you know, dug in and whatnot. And mm-hmm. and uh, what our strategies are going to be as far as, you know, all the coalition forces. Because what happened was Saddam took over Kuwait, you know, the country. Well, this is all oil-based politics and you can go on all kinds of other stuff. But the whole focus was to liberate them. Um, so you had to have the, the whole coalition forces, the Marines pushing the Iraqi Republican Guard out of the Kuwait, uh, us, the French Foreign Legion, you know, 3rd Armored Division, I think it was, several, flanking around up to uh, the Euphrates River, mm-hmm. basically to the Highway of Death. You cre- um, yeah, I was going to say you created the Highway of Death. Yeah, yeah. That's where our stopping point was, which mm-hmm. was just a carnage. Um, the Highway of Death, if you saw that, is where we came in and actually bombed the living crap out of the Iraqi Republican Guard. and yeah. it's one of the... Not to cut you off, it's one of the most impactful things of being a youth in the '90s that you'll ever see, and you can actually YouTube it. It was like it was the first. So, not to pre- to preface his war, the first Gulf War wasn't media entangled like it is now. So they actually did a hundred hour blackout, and when they came back, no it, media. He, he no media, no no media at all, no nothing. embedding, no reporters, nothing with him. So they come back after the 100 hours of bombing and whatnot, and this is where it became different is because his war is different than mine. So they get done, and next thing you know is Schwarzkopf's giving them a briefing, and the war is pretty much over. And Schwarzkopf tells them, just like he's saying, it's like, well, we did a, a left flank. We hooked them, you know, trapped them on this highway, and I'll never forget this in my ever and the reporter looks at Schwarzkopf and goes, you trapped the Republic, Republican Guard on this highway mm-hmm. from Kuwait to Iraq back to Baghdad. And then what happened? Schwarzkopf looks straight at the camera. You can YouTube this. He looks straight at the camera. And they go, what did you do? And he goes, we killed them all. Damn. And that's exactly what they did. They basically pincered them. Stone cold cool face, like, man. You know, that's <laughs> He's war. bad. He's bad. That's war. That's and then and the reason why Schwarzkopf retired, if you want to read through his gigantic thick book, comes down to the premise of they had basically killed the entire Republican Guard and pushed them out of Kuwait, got within fifty miles of Baghdad in Gulf War One, called home and said, like, we can take Baghdad right now and end this. And George Bush one said that's not our objective. Get them out of Kuwait. And Schwarzkopf was like, "Fuck this! You're gonna come back." He goes, "If we don't finish this now and take Saddam out, we'll be back again later." Fact. And that and that was written before Gulf War Two happened. So like, it, I mean, he saw it. He was just like, "This is bullshit. If we're not here to win this war, I'm fucking out of here." And that's why he retired. We no are all shit. the way up looking at Baghdad. We watched the night shows, the bombing, everything, all the way up to through the tri through the Iraqi triangles up to the Euphrates to the highway of death. And then from the next point to Kal Kal I can't say it, Kal Kal Messiah, 
where the munitions dump and stuff was that everything was destroyed. So imagine getting to third but base with a chick. We were right. No, no. <laughs> and we, you're like, this is it. Your this hand was yeah. two inches from home plate. No, no, the hand's in there. Yeah. Everything's good. <laughs> She's naked. You're naked. No, nope, it's over time. You know, it's everything's happened. We've all played the oral game. Like, home run is coming, <laughs> and you can't do it. So you were right up in the mix, Gene. Yeah, so Gene take all there. that. And, well, take all that, and then, you know, shortly after that, and that's in the episode, I got injured. So that, you know, started a whole nother. Damn it, Steve. You're <laughs> fucking shit up again. God, you and your girlish bladder. I got to lose a little weight. Uh, Steve's no, got to lose I, about oh, an Eric. <laughs> you know, up until the part <laughs> that I got injury and stuff. So you take all that and everything and then all the adrenaline and yank that from you. Yeah. And put you in the civilian life. Yeah, that's got to be. That's where the silent battle comes in, too. And, we, you know, we kind of keep coming back around to that, but... Take all right. that adrenaline, everything, like when he was talking about a sleep apnea and stuff. Uh-huh. You know, even something like that, you think it's small, but it's not. Because with that, you're sleepless. You have rage that starts getting. You start affecting your family life. You start affecting your job life. You start right. affecting depression. You start fighting the VA. This compounds, compounds, compounds. And, then, like, and that, that's where we, you experience all this crazy, that, here you go, go back in, in society and act normal like it never happened. Yep. That, well, right. that's where we're going Substance with, with, with the life. Yeah, so you start drinking, right? That, right. That's everything it leads into. It. And, this, and this will blow your mind as a civilian because it, it will be so simple yet so mind-blowing because it wasn't something I even realized until – a veteran I had taken out hunting explained that he got this from a counselor and that I heard it's the funnel effect. So you get this in boot camp and and you may or may not understand it. Like once I explain it, you're like, Yeah, that makes sense. But then once you understand the explosiveness of it of the veterans when they get home, it'll blow your mind. Mm-hmm. So you always need to be combat effective. Always. So they cr- even in boot camp, they start making this funnel, and it basically forms your whole life. Mm-hmm. So in this funnel, you have so you know how a funnel works: big opening top, small bottom. Mm-hmm. So they start in the boot camp. Like every single emotion you have goes into the top of this funnel, and everything that comes out of it is anger, right? So damn, you're you're trained that way, and it works out great. It's actually the best way you could possibly be that way. Like you're deployed, you get like a dear John letter. You get like Grandma Ethel has died, whatever. It does not matter. It comes out as anger. Like I'm just ready to freaking fight. That that's works. And that works. When you're in war, it's awesome. And I I saw it happen to me, the same exact thing. Like you're in that funnel. Mm-hmm. Well then you come home and that funnel never gets dissipated. They Ooh. just go like, Hey, welcome home. Here's your two weeks. Turn in your gear. Whew, here's society. So what happens is, so then there you are. I'm in my funnel that's been created my whole entire life. And I'm at a traffic light. And there's a car in front of you. And there's a traffic light. You look at the traffic light. You're like, and you're already thinking two steps ahead. You're like, that traffic light is going to turn green eventually. And we are all just happily going to push forward. And life is going to be great. Well, the light turns green. And the guy in front of you is fucking around with his radio. And you just fucking explode in rage because that's all you know is anger so you come home and like dealing with your family like i would get extremely pissed off about the slightest thing you know and my wife was like i said super patient and um, oh, she's like a saint she would just grab the kids and be like well patrick just kind of needs some alone time right now because i'd be pissed off about nothing right and you and that's and then that's where you live. You live in that world of like I'm in this funnel. If you don't identify that, 
you're always going to stay in that funnel to where it's just like, oh, shit, didn't go your way, just rage. You know, I, you, you explain in that story, I obviously can't relate at all, but I used to work with a guy that I have. Uh, but you get it. I, I love the dude, and I have such mm-hmm. great respect for him. You explain that, I'm like, man, we got to get him on a podcast. His name's Chris. And uh, oh, yeah. I think he was in the same theater as Eugene. And uh, I work with Chris, too. Yeah, Chris is such a great guy. Love and that uh, guy. He explained to me how kind of that built up. <clears throat> like, I would ask him questions, and I felt com- I worked with him enough. I felt comfortable where I could maybe ask him questions. and Like how I was kind of – I'm hesitant to ask him because I don't know what's respectful or disrespectful. And he basically said he had that anger. Like, everything would build up. And then he said one day he just, like, Explode. shut it – no, he yeah. just shut it off. Yep. He said he did. He his anger got to a point where it made him uncomfortable, like in his personal mm-hmm. life. And then one day he just like, I'm going to shut it off. It's done. And then I he like it. basically controlled his own emotion. And like then he was re- like the calmest dude ever. Well, that's yeah. where you're dangerous because then you become a bottler. And, well, and then you. Like, I didn't get but, that but vibe I, from this guy, but um, but I do I, totally I get, get like I worked when I was a contractor before I joined the military because I did it backwards is that I worked with this guy who went to Vietnam, and I was like, he was kind of weird. Just a weird dude. And so then I took it upon myself. I'm like, well, let's just kind of figure this guy out and, like, figure out why he's weird. I'm like, Vietnam, that's a that's a touchy area. Mm-hmm. So I started talking to him about, like, when he came home. And finally I was just, like, straight up asking him, like, when did you come home? And he, and he just looked straight at me, and he was like, I don't think I ever did. Mm. And I, at the time, this is so this is, like, 99 I was like, man, that's fucked up. Well, then went through whatever, did my multiple tours, and now I'm to a point where, like, I totally relate with Vietnam vets because I'm like, when people ask me, they're like, when did you come home? I'm like, didn't. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. She'll be the first one to tell you. She's like, he's not. He doesn't have the same humor he used to have. He doesn't have the, like, personality he used to have. He doesn't laugh the way he used to have. She's like, she'll tell you, like, immediately, like, he's a different person because every time you come home, you leave part of yourself there. Right. And, like, when I went back the last time, it's, it's the most fucked up thing I've ever written. Like, I landed in Afghanistan, and we're we're basically platooning off the plane, so you're kind of marching off the plane to get your in-briefing to Afghanistan. I felt like 40 pounds of weight had been lifted off my shoulder. I wrote my wife, and I was like, this is the most fucked up experience I've ever been through because I feel more comfortable in Afghanistan in a war zone than I do at home. And I still, to this day, feel that way. Like, I, you know, my, my kids are in soccer. I'm watching the tree line. You know, my wife constantly tells Damn. me, she's, she's like, you're in Iowa. <clears throat> you're okay. And I'm like, yeah, but that's where I would ambush us from. You know, like, you're mm-hmm. constantly watching. We go to restaurants. Right. It's, it's hypervigilance. It's constant awareness. It just, you, you it, go to, and it you, is. Yeah, you go to a restaurant, and, like, she'll, like, she'll see. She'll, like, this is what faces the door. She won't sit on that side. She's, like, you know, we went to one place where, like, they were going to place us at a table right in the middle of the restaurant. She she just looked at the way. She's, like, this is not going to work. Right, yeah. And I'm like, no, right. no, honey, it's okay. Like, I need to work on this. And she's like, nope. <laughs> that, nope. She this knows. Is not gonna, yeah, and she knows. But, like, even my neighbors know. Like, I walk out of my house wants to go hunting on a trip. I leave at 4 a.m. I look across the street, and my neighbor, who always backs her Jeep into her, her garage, the door's open, and the Jeep is facing straight into the garage. I'm like, well, it's 4 a.m. Like, that's weird to me, but I'm not going to do anything. Go hunt. I can't remember what happened. I think it was before we had a heater body suits, but I came home at eight. I'm back home. 
I look, and it's still the same way. And finally, I'm like, that's it. I grab my pistol, put it in my pants. I walk over there, uh, knock on the door. She opens the door. I push the door open and walk into the house. And I go, okay. And she's a, she's a former Army person, too. And uh, she's like, what's going on? I'm like, you did something completely different than you always do. And I know this is weird, but, like, I just wanted to make sure that, like, because she had a daughter, too, that was kind of, like, iffy. I'm like, I just want to make sure you weren't being held captive in here. And I went through. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, this is, I, I felt like an idiot. And she loved it. She's like, that's phenomenal. Because she's like, nobody else would notice that. It's kind of right. dope. It's yeah. kind of cool. She's <laughs> like, she's like, you, and like, I'm like, you're just, your, your garage door was open. Your truck is not in the way it normally is. I'm like, that just fucked with me. Like, you guys just, <laughs> and like, so and the reason I opened the door and pushed through, cause like somebody could actually be sitting behind the door holding right, their right. head. And like, I wanted to make sure nobody was there. Well, it's just like, you guys are so, Stupid. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's almost, I don't know, this is, this is like, kind of hear me out here. You guys are predators in a way that a predator never relaxes. Like, you know, you see, like, a cat. Yeah, it's never like a fully, cat. like, yeah, a cat chills. But they get their zoomies on, every once in a while. But they're yeah. always on alert. But a cat hears a noise that's not normal. Like, my like cat's like, what the fuck was that? Sleeping two minutes at a yeah. time. Yeah. You know, even if a cat's dead <clears throat> asleep, it's wide awake at the same time. Yeah. Like, and, that, yeah. and that's what this was. Is, is, and, and, like, she, like, went on Facebook. I, like, I'm one of the rare people, too. Like, I shut my Facebook off. Like, I don't even have Facebook. Which blows my mind because he has a TV show. You, he has a TV show, yet he doesn't use Facebook. Yeah, like, for, Facebook, <laughs> he does will, his dog. Facebook will ruin your life. But she put it on. She was like, I'm so glad that I have the neighbors I have because, you know, because of that incident. And I'm like, to me, I'm just like, man, that's just like, that's weird. Like, I just feel weird because I feel that way. That you should give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, you never know, dude. You do not never yeah. know. You know, like well, what if something? What if her daughter, her crazy daughter, had like done something? Like mm-hmm. you're never gonna know. And I mean, luckily she understood because she's a veteran too, and she was like, "That's awesome." Like I, right. I have no shit. Like I was the first one in our neighborhood to put a flag up, which I thought was weird. That is, yeah. And of course, I was like, yeah. "Well, I'm like, if I'm putting a flag up, I'm not getting like the 20 foot pole. I got like the 30 foot pole, <laughs> and like the flag yeah, I, have, I have. I have actually have this huge. You get the American furniture flag that's dude, like, dude. I have, yeah. I have a flag that <laughs> yeah, was actually dude, given to me. The camping world a, flag. <laughs> I have a, a, the flag that was given to me from a Korean vet that was like actually flew over like a a base, and I was like, holy shit! Oh no, like, shit! Oh yeah, especially with the wind right now, it's like pulling the whole flag pull out but now there's like flag poles on our street and so you you have it but it, it's it gives you that sense of like well to me that's normal because i just want to look out and you always want to help and you always want to be like not like the hero i guess everybody's like oh you're the hero you're the hero i'm like no i just want to make sure you're not dead no, dude there's a there's right. a story you know, i gotta share with you there was this, it, uh, it chokes me up because it, it not not to cut you off. No, you're it's, good. It's because with her alone too. It's just like she's been through so much shit, and her family and whatnot. You're just like, man, I just want to make sure. Oh, it's just her and her daughter. I just want to make sure this one day that yeah, your daughter's not yeah. like holding you captive. You well, know, like right. yeah. The the, the story yeah, that I got. This guy, uh, he he was a uh, I think he was a career. Um, I, I can't remember. If he, uh, I don't know if he's a sniper or not, but. 
Yeah, the guy had been on a couple deployments, and uh, his wife and daughter went out of town. And so, naturally, he's just up at 2.30 in the morning just Mm -hmm. fucking around with guns because he can't sleep because of what he's got. So they said he was like he was sitting there screwing around with a gun and you know just took it apart, put it back together. What the hell, you know, nothing's going to entertain him on TV. So he just was like checking the scope and looked out across the neighbor's yard or to the neighbor's house and saw that they were like tied up. Like the like the husband was tied up and the family was in there and he's looking over there he goes, "Oh shit." And there's like three robbers in there. No shit. Yeah, there's three robbers in there, and he's like, what the fuck? So he loads up his shit, (laughs) calls the police, and while he's on the phone, he's like, "Uh, I'm going to take a shot. I think they're about ready to get killed. So he takes out, he drops two of them, hits the third one. The third one takes off. Yeah, he dropped two of these motherfuckers because the one guy put a gun to the dad's head. And they all split. And I was like, dude, I was reading that. I'm like, man, that's awesome. But in the back of my mind, I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, that's crazy. Dude, you know how pissed off that dad is that he's not getting his deposit back from yeah, hiring the yeah, Craigslist yeah. actors to come and rob yeah. him? But, yeah, the guy, dude, seriously saved these guys' lives all because he was up at 2.30 well, in see, the morning. That's the way across. our neighborhood is. Like, So on in my house, there's the American flag on top of my flagpole. It's in my front yard. Mm-hmm. And we're like suburban America. And then below that is an AR. It's the come and take it flag. Mm. And, like... The funniest thing about it is, like, all of my neighbors, they know. Like, they're all John Deere and Pioneer employees. They know that's not, like, a Second Amendment thing, even though it is. They also know that's like, please, come and fucking try and take it. Like, try they it. know that, like, <laughs> I'm going to support this. Like, yeah. Back it up. Yeah, they, they know that I'm in my house. Like, please, God, try to, like, take over my neighbor's house because I will be the first person <laughs> through the fucking door. Like, motherfuckers, no. Did you <laughs> see that video like where the there's, security like, in the neighborhood. but at the same yeah. time, I'm also the guy that, like, my neighbors, like, he has, like, uh, uh, four- and five-year-old daughters. So this year, like, I saved one, of the, and this is a pro tip for all you bow hunters, because we're all bow hunters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I saved one of the foot from the uh, deer that we had killed, and put it on a two-by-four, and, like, put fucking reindeer prints oh, nice. in his yard on Christmas Eve, and so the next morning, he'd come out, and I text him, like, hey, dude, you might want to have your daughters come check the front yard, so that it looks like there's <laughs> these reindeer prints all over the room, like, you know, so, so at one side, they're like, yeah, Patrick's yeah, borderline like psychopath, but at the same time, like he really takes care of our kids. He's like, a good dude. <laughs> yeah, like I'm dude. like, that's I, awesome. I basically like every morning I walk out of the house, I'm just like looking at the neighbor, like what's different, and they all know that like I'm that weird guy or what I consider <laughs> it's a good neighbor to have. Oh, man. dude, I'd be the worst neighbor. No, I'd be, I'd be no. fucking with stuff, oh, dude, dude. I'd be I'm, putting like four you know. sale signs in each house. Is oh, going yeah. down. No, the no, road. I fuck with them too. Like when our neighbors, our neighbors too. You know, the right side of us moved. I was the worst. Because oh. I love them. I'm like, you guys are the best neighbors ever. Like, we'd moon them and shit like that. Like, just absolutely epic. <laughs> I love you guys. Like, here's my ass. Yeah, like, the best neighbors <laughs> you've ever seen. That's the best quote I've ever heard. I love you guys. Here's my ass. No, no. No, no shit. No shit. I'm not even making this up. So, like, while they're, like, showing the house to, like, sell it, I was out between the houses with my boat, with my crossbow. Like sighting in, I legitimately was sighting in for my daughter, but like the realtor came out and like, funk. I'm like, oh, 
Hey guys, like you're doing yeah. like stepbrother shit. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I was like, in, in dead, get the fuck out without even trying, you know. And like, been dead for twelve hours. Like behind us, like I mean, it's illegal shit. But like behind us, there's a cornfield, a cell phone towers in it, so nobody ever build behind us, even though we're in the middle of town. Right. So like, he came out and he was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" I'm like, "Oh, pretty good." He's like, "Do you think they're ever gonna build back here?" I'm like, "Well, they've been talking about this strip club, you know, and like just all kinds of shit." Just to see Just to get your neighbor to stay there. Yeah, I was like, please stay here. Don't ever sell your house. The Lumberyard 3 is where we're going to build that. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) It's like on Step Brothers, the one dude dressed up like uh, he's like in a KKK outfit. Oh, hey, neighbors, nice to meet you. That's what we did. I know shit did that because I have enough free time. Like I was oh, like, I think he had like a Nazi no, no. I was like, hey, I like joked with them. I'm like, oh, hey, if you guys ever try to move, you know, I'm gonna fuck it up for you. And then I was like, no, I'm really gonna fuck it up for you. Like, <laughs> like, I don't happen. want you ever to move. And then they ended up moving, and now we have Dexter that lives next to us. Yeah. Does, Does he have Dexter a, lab? a serial killer? Like that's who I think. Oh no, he doesn't have now. a laboratory. He has a, a room covered in plastic. No, you've seen like the series Dexter. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, he'll this come guy. To your place, Dexter, can, Dexter Morgan. He literally showed up my door one day with like mail that was supposed to go to us for him, and I like screamed like a girl when he opened it. I'm like he <laughs> was like ding dong. I'm like oh who the fuck's at the door? I opened the door. He's like ah holy shit. Like he's like uh, I think I have your mail. I'm like. You. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really yeah. take it from him. Well, I, you're like, thank you. Try, yeah, that was just like, <laughs> try me, bitch. Oh, it was really odd, you know. But but at the same time, yeah, like the neighbors are all like, oh yeah, Patrick, he's like the crazy veteran guy. He'll kill everybody who tries to attack us. But yeah, it's kind of cool to have that guy as a friend. Yeah, because he's a good guy. I, I wanted to ask if you've seen that video. I can't remember if it's like the man spot or something, but it's like that video. There's a guy breaking in. And uh, oh, like someone that. breaks into the house, and then the wife goes, "Honey, someone's breaking into the house." And he wakes up and goes, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that is me. I'm that. My wife hates that because I'm like that guy. Like anytime there's like a, we're like falling asleep and there's a noise outside, she's like, "Oh my God, please don't let this be something." Because like I'm that guy. Like please let it be something. Like, Dude, there's a reason. Like let me I, see somebody crawling into my neighbor's house because yeah, I'll be like, like, "Lock and load, bitch. Let's do this." I was looking at shotguns. I'm like, I, I, I was looking at. Like a couple of shotguns, I'm like, man, I'd love if someone was breaking in my house, like a blow them away with that. Oh, and I'm fuck, like, that's no. the wrong reason to buy a. Fucking you gotta take we got like night vision, thermals, everything. Like, please come into my house. I dare you. <laughs> you like, gotta take down that "come and take it" flag. That might be the first sign to deter someone trying to. No, break no, your house. that's that's that, and that's the thing with my neighbors. They know that's not like a second minute thing. They, they know that's like a legitimate. Come in like, and get it, bitch. Please, like, please come well, into my house. Come, come so, on over. No, when I first moved there, like we were having troubles with. Uh, a, not the neighbor next to us, but the neighbor next to us. The, the, them. So, like, oh, yeah. Not the house next to us, but like next to us. Two houses house down. Right, two houses down. Your right. neighbor's neighbor. Yeah. Here's what happened. You, your second neighbor. So, here's like what happened. Second cousin. Get this. So, like, I'm gone <laughs> doing doing my thing. I think I was still in the military at the time. My wife is taking a shower. It's 4th of July because military loves to do sh- exercises when you're fucking in holidays. Yeah. And so, <laughs> the next house down, two houses down, is having like a party. It's all these dudes. And it's like, fucking sausage fest so she's like taking a shower upstairs second story of the house next thing all she knows is she like hears something and she's like what the fuck so she wraps herself in the towel like looks down the stairs and there's a dude from the fucking two horses down in my house (laughs) oh boy right he's at the bottom of the stairs and she's like what the fuck are you doing and he goes oh no no it's cool it's cool we can just have sex and she's like get the fuck out of my house right so 
this is while I'm gone. So this gives me like, oh, I don't know, like three or four days to just steam. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> so, yeah, and this is a friend of a friend or whatever. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, you're going to die in your sleep peacefully. Oh, Let's I'm going to do this. I'm going to think of it eight different ways. Yeah, there's only, like, there's only about 20 different ways I can kill you and nobody will ever know. So we go through that. Only 20? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we go through We're that. not gonna say. So we go through that whole process and I'm like, oh that's fucking ridiculous. Well, I'm sitting out there and I was talking to the neighbor between the two houses, right? And she's like, Hey, you gotta be careful. He's got a gun. I'm like A <laughs> <laughs> hey, gun. Woo <laughs> Like, holy shit, have you seen this armory I have in here? Like she's holy like, shit, like A she, gun. She's like fuck. she's like Patrick, be careful. I hear it's a high point. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like walking around my flagpole with like my AK, my AR, my pistols. I'm like, oh, I'm just fucking just parading these things around. Like, I don't worry about his gun. Like, did you find out what kind of gun it was? He seems like a uh, Glock guy. I never saw it. He got kicked out by his wife. So I never saw anything. No. Oh, his wife. That dude got lucky. Yeah. Lucky. It was, it Imagine like, if you're home. Like I said, it was another one of those deals where you're just like, oh, yeah, like, uh, in my first marriage, I act, and this is how you know if you're a true combat engineer, you have two divorces and two AR-15s. <laughs> <laughs> one to commemorate two. each divorce? Yeah, pretty much. Luckily, I, I had the, the two divorces, but I didn't have the Article 15. Both of my ARs are from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I actually had somebody break into my house while my wife was in it. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, why could this not have happened when I was there? Solely because our master bedroom was downstairs and the way they broke in was the back door. I'm like, I would have just laid on the stairs. And, like, you wouldn't have to worry about shooting the neighbors because you're shooting up, you know. It was ridiculous. You had it all planned out, didn't you? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I get you, each you, room in my house strategically planned out if I have to shoot so I don't hurt my kids through the walls. Yeah, and here's the thing. Gene can... Uh, deep <laughs> shit. <laughs> deep shit. Sorry, if you never thought about it, you might want to. Here's, here's, yeah. okay, so might have to cut this episode off here in about five minutes before we start giving away too deep a secret. Here's the difference in civilian and military thinking, and Gene can back me up on this, is that I've never been here before in my life. I can tell you already, I know every single exit in this building. I also know, like, who the biggest threat is, which is you. You're the biggest threat. Myself. He's pointing to me. Only because... What the hell like, did you do? You just passed me by. No, but, but that's You can the barely way. get up. That's the way... That's, <laughs> that's the way you're built. I'm thinking of survival already. That's why, like, I... Currently, if you look at me, like, this is... I picked this chair because it's my back is to everything. Right, like, and usually that's like a, that's like a given. Like veterans are like, we don't put a, a good gunslinger yeah. never puts his back to the door. Well, nothing's going to come from wor- behind you where you're sitting. Exactly, and if it does, it's only right there. If yeah, something comes the from behind me, it's breaking through this window right here, which right. is to my front porch. Unless the Kool Aid Man comes through with an AR, it's like, oh shit. But that's but that's <laughs> that's how you now are ingrained in your life and the right. things that you live through. Yeah. Why why am I the biggest threat? Because it's my home and I know where everything is. Is that the thing? Is that why? You're the most active. You're the most. Uh, you're the predominant male in the place. Ooh. What? Fuck you guys. Matter. I've been pissing all <laughs> over his carpet and marking my territory. No, I'm the it's, dominant it's male. Just, it's just it's a psychological thing. It's just like you look at. Like, a, I mean, that's true. Gene, I know he's a veteran, so I know he's. The all right, where, the where does where does Eric rank? Second, he's honestly, the lowest. Oh, yes. It's only he's the smallest. Only because he's the smallest. Ha, medium. 
Yeah, but, but like, Steve can't move. Yeah. But like, yeah, you're, you're not very Steve. mobile. <laughs> but that's that's how you constantly like are looking at yeah. life that way. It's not an insult to, to people. Personally. No, but it's no, like it's, it's, it sounds that way. It sounds that way. Like if you're on the outside, you're going. It's like, a physical and psychological like, thing. Yeah. yeah, like Steve could be like, motherfucker, I could fuck you up. Like you know, and you could. Possibly. I don't feel insulted at all. I look I mean, at it. That's how it is. Yeah, I don't want to be the biggest threat. But you look at you like I don't. And honestly, it goes back to a conversation we had earlier. Like hand tattoos, you're like. That dude can tolerate more pain than everybody else. Like, that is your biggest threat. So you constantly are like, I'm watching you mm-hmm. more than everybody else. That's fucking interesting. Yeah, well, see, in that, life, that, like, if you want to see it, have, like, a psychological study of it, like, hang out with a veteran and you'd be like, and go out to an open area and, and be like, who's the biggest threat here? And you look at it and you're like, that person. You're like, you immediately... Man, I never thought about that. Well, see, and, that, and that's, that's what's crazy because when I started at Deer, I, I hired in with a guy and shout out to Randy Culver, but... Um, we 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 were on third shift and we go outside for break and he, the whole time he was looking up, looking up and yeah. I never knew he was in the military. I'm like, hey, like, after a while I was like, okay, it's kind of weird, you know. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, if you didn't know this, I was a I was a marine in Iraq. And I'm like, he's like, I'm just, you know, scoping yeah, shit out stops. and finding the exits and like I know where I'm gonna go if something yep. happens. Like, we, oh, we, well, we were in an sense. amusement park in Iowa, which is Adventureland. That's our, yep. our version yep. of Six Flags. And, like, even my mother-in-law, we were watching. She was like, you've already figured out the exit strategy. I'm like, yep. Like, because this is back when it was, like, cool to the cops kill cops and everything. I'm like, if something fucking happens, I'm like, this is, like, a perfect area for a mass shooting. Sure. Right, I'm yeah. like, and I'm like, I've already got it planned out in my head. I'm like, you guys will all go here, and I'll do this, and da 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 you know, and that's how you live your life. Hey, but like, let me ask you: Isn't that weird? How like because you you were talking about uh, earlier how you, how your brain can uh, you know change with that? I mean, I, I, I'm not saying this wasn't a huge part of your life, but you know, out of like if you were you know an average 28 year old and you you've done a couple deployments, I mean, it's only really three four years out of your life that has changed. Like those four years have restructured your brain to think. You know, and that's just uh, to me what that says is that is so such a mental deal. Like, I, I it almost I, rewires I, your inner predator. Yeah, and I don't. It yeah, it, it, it does. does. I don't understand the way I think I do. And then and let then add into that thought process the whole funnel process. Exactly, and like I say, I, I don't understand war the way I think I do, and I don't understand how that process goes. Well, never so that's got to be, you know, especially in like an eighteen-year-old kid. Man, that's just got to be. You have to be yeah. stressed and put into that position and broke down and built that way. So that you're programmed in that situation to be able to just function and not think because you have to react because yeah. it's life saving, right? Or, or and, life that, and that's how you get screwed up. You don't. You just, get screwed up because of what happens. You get screwed up because of you go through the mechanical reactions of what happens, and then you have time to think about it later. Right, that, right, like right, pulp right. Fiction, pulp fiction is the, the funnel effect. Don't get the process. The funnel effect of right. pulp fiction is the best way to think about it. Like pulp fiction, where he's like looking at where the bullet holes landed, and he's like, "Oh man, the, you know, we should be dead." Yeah, that's what happens. It's once you get back to your fob, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" Like, and they're just trying, they're not trying to play tag with us. Like they're really trying to kill us with yeah. bullets. You know, right, right. That's where it is. And and was it a tasty burger, by the way? Yes. But that, and then that, that's the process. Yep, totally agree with you. So, go ahead. I want you to finish your thought, man. No, no. That, I mean, that was it. It was just it's it's like he was saying, like you have 
you especially when you're taking 18 year old like me personally like i had lived my life and went through everything and like now i'm 42 and like just got out like two years ago you know you you take an 18 year where you can mold them and and, Mm -hmm. and turn them you lack of a better term you brainwash them into like this is the way it is especially as marines like and, you know, and like everybody will get a like ha about their branch. Everybody wishes they're Marine. Marines are the most badass branch there is. Like I'm sorry, like I know Terry Airborne's Airborne, but like Marines, <laughs> Marines are awesome because they just love to fight. Like if they can't fight with a uh, with an enemy, they'll fight with themselves. They're just amazing. I love having Marines. I love having Marine friends. I love having just what, Marines. What was your uh, What was your deal, Gene? The uh, ring of uh, where you used to fight each other. Oh, the bear pit? Oh, the, the, bear pit. the bear pit. Yeah, the bear pit was right outside the A station. That's where it's we went great. And settled <laughs> our differences. That's also how you, yeah, you solve, like, yeah, that's how you become great shit. friends, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a good fight. You beat the shit Good old fashioned fist fight. Yeah. That, sh- that yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, who bought the fucking pizza, Kurt? Man, uh, we've been best friends. I about knocked Steve into room 208, and we were in 206. <laughs> Sometimes it didn't even have to be a fist fight, you know. Speaking we just got pizza. out there and just started with a good old wrestling match and oh just started throwing God, each other up against a wall and maybe a three punches. Right but then, yeah. Boom. Well, I think that's going to call this episode a wrap. We, uh, we covered a lot. Oh Mostly it was military stuff, and, that, and I'm cool with that, man. Like, you know, so we... This episode was well overdue. It's something we talked about for a while, and I'm glad we came in. We were able to get it done. And, uh... I gotta thank you guys for. Oh my god! What? I just look at uh, Pat's collection over there and a pile of beers. No, I I gotta thank you guys, man. Like, thank you for your service. I respect the fuck out of both you guys, man, more than you know. And I love you guys. I really do. I I, I've loved Gene just for everything you've done for us, man. But Patrick, man, this this episode is really. I feel like it's bringing us a lot closer. I'm I'm looking forward to what the futures hold between uh, working class bow hunter and heroes hunting. And uh, so, thank you, man. I appreciate you guys sharing your stories. And uh, it was kind of cool, man. We we kind of we talked about hunting, the, then we stepped away from it and talked about just other shit. And uh, every now and then, we should probably do that. Yeah, I like. You and, know, uh, what I enjoyed. And and, and <clears throat> if anybody, and it was a lot of content and stuff. And if you're still hanging with us, <clears throat> excuse me. Focus on the fact that you know the foundation and everything and what it's about and and what the struggles are with the veterans every day and stuff and the silent battles of ptsd and substance abuse and everything that go on it you know go after your legislation and stuff go after your va try to get the funding to get that stuff reversed instead of the funding that they want to spend on tearing down statues and this and that i mean we're we're misallocating money and misappropriating in the wrong places so you know the battle's real it's continuous you're not hearing all the different wars and everybody warmongering right now, you know. So uh, that's where everything is kind of getting brushed beside. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else is convoluting what's going on with sure. everybody else that's left hanging. And that's what's cre- increasing the suicide rates, you know, because they're not getting the help that they need. Yeah, so, if you, it, it, literally, if you can help just one, it's better. Like, I'm pretty confident in uh, organization. Like, just in the messaging, like, reach out to us. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, heroeshunting.com or... Heroes Hunting on Facebook. Spit again where people can uh, find you guys and watch your show and all that, yeah, too. Yeah, like, I, like, I know f- for sure one recently I spoke to who was in a very dark place. He even told me he's in a very dark place. And I feel pretty confident that w- w- just in speaking with him and helping him out that I think I talked him out of suicide, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it, a lot to take on, uh, but it's worth it. Like, it's... 
like I said, like I, I'll, I will do everything I can to keep pushing forward, even even though I know it risks everything else that's near and dear to me. So yeah, this says a lot about who you are, man. And I mean, after this episode, man. It, it, so thanks to all the listeners that hung in for this basically three hour podcast. You you guys are are, are amazing, and you you kind of if you made it through this whole episode, you get that like. Yeah. You know, this isn't just about hunting on this episode. It's it's about a lot more, and I'm glad that we got to do this. And this, I think this is our longest podcast we've ever done. It sure and, is. Uh, yep. Definitely. Thank you guys so much. You and to uh, a Friday night late files. Gene, I, I know, <laughs> I know that you'll always you'll always support us, man. And I, I just got you guys. I cannot back. thank you enough. I do. We do our best to try and take care of you with, with what we can provide for you as far as product. Oh, well, you and support. too, Patrick. You guys and, know uh, I never expect nothing. I never ask for anything. I, I got your back as you I got anybody's back. <laughs> but Gene's wearing it. Episode, episode three. You'll see the working class bowhunter hat. Like I purposely, yeah. I purposely well, here, wore Here's the like, thing. I want to see working class bow hunter podcasting going on on a Heroes Hunting episode. Let's make I'm that I'm working happen. on that. We were working on a live live feed kill. Let's like, do it. We were very yeah. close. Let's, 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 let's work something it. out. Okay. I have some ideas. Yeah. I'm going to do this one thing quick. I'm going to hit Eric first. Final thought. You got one? No, I just want to thank both of you guys for coming in and your services and everything you've done for us. So thank you. Patrick, final thought? I don't think they're having us. It was awesome. I love talking with you guys. I know we could make it like a five-hour podcast and still be like cut off. So <laughs> we got to cut her short. Gene, final thought? Nope. I think we can do this till the long, till the daylight comes up. You know, but that's right. You know, keep supporting your vets. Keep out there fighting the fight with us. You know, that's the biggest sport you can do. And you know, along with us, that's that's where the trenches are it's with the legislation and you know going after them that way because good push. They're not going to sit out there and 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 do it for us. Right. So right. Steve, final thought. Uh, yeah, I got just two quick ones. Uh, first of all, Patrick Perkins, thank you for your service to this country, and thank you for doing the podcast. Gene Miller, thank you for your service to this country, and thank you for doing this podcast. Um, love both of you guys, and uh, I just want you to know I thought of legislation. So when I'm president of the United States, my first, my first order of business is I'm putting – live webcams in each and every one of the waiting rooms at the VA. Okay, and it's going to be live 24 hours a day, so you're going to be able to look in there and see the same people sitting there for hours and hours and hours a day, and shit's going to change because when people don't see it, it doesn't affect them. That's we're, all I wanted to say. We're, we're actually Check doing that as a side project right now. Like Me and a couple other vets are... Uh, openly videotaping our encounters with the VA. Ooh, really? That's and good. We, yeah, we're actually moving that toward a television show of like, hey, like this is a documentary of like what it actually is. Oh, I didn't mean right. to step on your toes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I forgot but, to talk about it. All right. Um, go sure. to workingclassboner.com, the contact form in there. We have the veteran shout-out. So you can fill out the veteran shout-out form if you want us to hit that veteran shout-out on an episode, upcoming episodes. And uh, do it because you may get some free monster in the project. Ooh. there's And, and we'll that is that going later. to be – I'm getting the uh, Heroes Hunting logos and all that. They, they are the official supporter of our veteran shout-out of our podcast. Um, so thank you, Patrick, and all the Heroes Hunting crew for that. Um, but yeah, go in there. There's a form you just fill out, put your name in, um, your veteran shout out and whatever information you want to add. There's a comment form in there. He hit submit. It's easy. It goes directly to Steve and we'll try and hit it on every episode. Absolutely. Um, also check out the working class bow hunter awards. 
Um, that's going on until February 22nd. And they're going to be badass, let me tell you that. Yep, yep, yep. The awards, Eric's hand making them. And then uh, I think that's all we got. So Make sure you get the gear. Don't forget the gear. Workingclassboner.com forward slash store and this bitch. And heroeshunting.com. They've no, no, got no, some no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, our stuff's okay. That's good. Your stuff's legit. Like, Thank I you. like the hats. Like, okay. I like the, uh, I just got my sweatshirt today. It's a decent. It's the a Killing deece. Caps on pre order also. Killing Cap on pre order. Camo Richardson hat. Max One camo with the red light. Working Class Bowhunter logo. Boom. Good luck for your killing needs for critters. We love you. I'm going to close it out there. Go shoot. Your bow.